easily the most confusing movie of the year and wonder woman 1984 came out (laughs) (laughs) that's right that's right welcome to sincast presented by cinema sins Welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Hi there. <laughs> for Music Video Sins, <laughs> Barrett Cher. Yay! There! <laughs> and also from The Things from TV Sins, Aaron Dicer. <laughs> the Thing. Ho, Cinerinos! Yeah. Yes, uh, today is going to be another chapter of the best of the years we've been alive. It's 2020 uh wow 45 years chris that we've been we've we've covered in this this whole thing now we have we have indeed and um 2020 uh gonna gonna be a little different from uh most years we've done this Um, so uh we all know this the the thing is aaron this you're gonna have to help me out with this one sure um Some of the movies, we're not going to get to some of the movies that were nominated for Oscars this year because we are considering them 2021 movies. Um, Correct. So what, which ones will people not be hearing about that fit the 2021? Do you know that? Yeah, the main ones you're you're going to be missing are uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, which just got a bunch of Oscar noms mm-hmm. and is great and worth those Oscar noms. And, you know, we can talk about it next year. Mm-hmm. Um, Malcolm and Marie yep. uh, is a 2021 movie. Um, and then the other big one is probably United States versus Billie Holiday, okay. um, which yep. I'm not sure if you guys have seen, but that did get a, a couple noms mm-hmm. uh, as well. Um, and there may be one or two others that were missing, but for the most part, most of them actually did get themselves out in the calendar year 2020. Mm-hmm. So we will be talking about a lot of the, the Oscar noms from this year. Yeah. Um, and, and the only reason we're doing that, like typically the Oscars would be all about the ca- calendar calendar year, but they aren't this year because pandemic and because movies were coming in late with uh you know their nomination process sending them out to critics and sending them out to the academy and everything um so so this year's going to be a little different and you know th- this is this is going to be a a crazy like um a, a crazy year as far as big releases like there's n- hardly yeah. any yeah um <laughs> there's gonna be three uh, like, marvel movies in 2021 but yeah. none in 2020 right <laughs> right so so this is going to be be very like non box office heavy and i don't know if this was a big huge boon for uh independent film or those medium films that we we you know sometimes i don't know kind of ignore or whatever i don't i don't we don't do we really know how many of these movies got watched a lot over the past year we don't really have any numbers to Mm-mm, point no. to and say yeah this was a huge hit so uh let's start it off um uh this is going to be a little bit all, all over the place but i'm going to start off with the one that got the most nominations let's go with mm-hmm. mank mank uh, david fincher's movie about uh, herman mankowitz and gary oldman playing someone who's way younger than him but uh <laughs> isn't he like 44 <laughs> in this yeah something like that yeah 
make which makes the 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 friendship between he and Marion Davies like really like like wow like, they were the same age and now they're like got a forty year gap. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> uh, but uh, this this uh, came on Netflix uh, and. Uh, and this was really good. I was surprised about the 10 nominations, though. Yep. Well, the the, part, the nomination thing is has a lot to do with just how interesting every choice they made in this movie was. From the sound to the visuals to the costuming to the, you know, he really shot this and produced it as if he were in era, mm-hmm. you know. So all the sound equipment he used was in era sound equipment, you know, the video, that kind of stuff he uh, digitized to make look like that or mm-hmm. you know tried to shoot on that stuff so um from the cuts the scene cuts like everything was done as if they could have done it in the era so i think all the different artistic nominations were a guarantee for this movie then the fact that uh uh Seafried and uh oldman both got nominated as well in the acting i think you know it just it just added it's up. a movie so, about yeah. making movies man every uh, goddamn yeah. time they like those. Uh, the fucking artist the i mean it, it, it's a movie about making movies this is a very good movie i just finished it by the way right before we started recording <laughs> uh, this is a very very good movie doesn't look like a fincher movie at all uh doesn't you know it has really good moments has really good dialogue um but like it ain't it i think if it wasn't about making movies i don't think it would have a chance i don't think it would it would come anywhere close to sniffing oscar's job i don't know the fincher thing always gives it a chance right like i mean they even if they've never awarded he's never won a best director though has I he i don't think he has nope. there's in fact there's several directors directors of that generation <laughs> yeah that alien 3 just... no there was a there was a <laughs> there was a point i don't think he was he was in any serious consideration uh well I guess social network was pretty close for him, but like, yeah, but that was God. That's another man. The King speech really just like robbed everything. Didn't it? It Robbed (laughs) us of all joy that there was in the world. The King speech. Um, I think that's the, I think that that was the same year, right? 2010. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think so. I think it was. Yeah. He was, I remember I've, I've remembered seeing David Venture, up for awards before and he just never has one it's like it's one of those weird ones where you see like for years you'll see scorsese out there in the audience and he's like nominated and you're like oh there's a guy who got, who's got a hundred of these right no none <laughs> and and then and, and that year they just somehow just don't give him an, they don't give him another award you know uh curious case of benjamin button was another one that i thought there was a i mean even though nobody really likes that movie i don't think um that was another one that he was up you know, like I think he was up for, but uh, no, he's never won. Yeah. Um, I uh, I really like Amanda Seyfried in this movie. Uh, yeah. Ever since uh, seeing First Reformed, I've really started to appreciate uh, what she's bringing to the table. Um, like uh, she's 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 become a really really good actor uh, over the years. Uh, uh, she she was always like decently good but like never to the to the level that we've been seeing now and everything and so i was really happy to see that she got nominated in this um and mank's got a lot of like yeah it's kind of like cool um uh messages in there uh mm-hmm. especially with the the uh mank's friend who's making those movies for the studio that are uh politically motivated Mm-hmm. and and he doesn't think there's anything to it it's just oh this is my gateway into hollywood i'll make these movies and then who's nobody's going to pay attention to these is anything serious 
of course people take those things seriously mm-hmm. um so i uh uh i really liked i really liked stuff like that in mank and it was real really well shot really well done yeah this um, is the one yeah, like his father wrote this right mm-hmm. yeah like 20 late 30 father. years ago yeah yeah that's what i thought <clears throat> yeah um so uh all right on to uh let's go on to some of the other ones that have uh uh a decent amount of nominations the trial of the chicago seven um oh man yeah <laughs> I, 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 are you in the same boat as i am jeremy on this one i don't know i didn't like this movie uh, no what? i didn't either I, I, I was i liked it okay yeah but yeah. i wasn't i wasn't a big huge fan of it and now i've started seeing historians really down on it too oh um, i haven't gotten there yet so uh, I, I don't I don't know what I this is the problem with Twitter sometimes is like there's been this internal conversation about a movie that you're not privy to and then they start talking about how they hate a movie and you're like why do you hate the movie is it because of the historical problems with it or is it because you just don't like the way the movie is made um, but uh, yeah I was I was I, I like this okay I'm, I think, I'm not a big fan of it yeah I think. It was extremely well acted. Um, there was a disconnect for me, I think, in the topic and the era um, against the way he chose to shoot the movie. Um, mm-hmm. Like I felt like uh, the visuals were were very glossy, um, almost TV like at times. Um, and I don't know, maybe I'm just weird. I felt like whereas like Black Klansman, not that it's the same film but uh, in terms of era there was a slight grittiness to the way that was shot where i felt like i was Mm -hmm. in that time and it felt more like this was uh people play acting and maybe that was the goal i don't know i i I do want to stress i thought the acting was great i just uh Mm -hmm. it didn't grab me and uh when people started raving i was like interesting so there you go Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah what do you think aaron uh, I, I really like trial of the Chicago seven, but I am a sucker for big speeches, fun moment, like all the stuff in the, the character work in this movie is, you know, kind of right up my alley. Um, so I, I, I did really enjoy it. I think for me, it's come to be a lesser of the nominees just because it seems so, this is weird to say, but it seems so shallow compared to the other. Like there's there's just something very on the surface about this movie. And I, maybe part of that is even Judas and the Black Messiah, which we're not talking about, covering one of the characters in this movie in such intricate yeah, depth. Yeah, that's and I'm true. Just like, that's true. I'm just like, everything here is just kind of brushed on. Now, do I enjoy the experience? Yes, very much so. I really enjoy the experience. But how do you boil down a trial that lasted that long you know, to a feature length film without making it a little surface level, you know, without um, just kind of, uh, you know, brushing at the the character strokes in a way. Um, but that's what movies do. So like, I don't hold it against it too much. That's what movies do. And I had a good time and I've watched it a few times and I've enjoyed it every time. And, uh, you know, there's something about that. So I, it's, it's definitely not bad. It's, it's very much one of my favorites of the year. Um, but there is something about it that doesn't feel quite as, you know, top notch to me as some of the others, uh, of the year. So, yeah. Yeah. There's something about, I, and I like Aaron Sorkin a lot. Um, but yeah. I, I, there's something about this movie where it, he just has, he's gone overboard on some of the, 
look at look at how smart I am and look at you know like some of the dialogue in this movie is like fuck you dude you know um and but some of it's great yeah some of it like that that whole allow me to be the second like i laughed so hard uh yeah. at that part like there are just those moments where it's just like that's brilliant or the michael that's keaton fun. line uh god yes damn. the keaton stuff is great yeah that's when he when he gets he needs, just need to stuff. find some courage uh just find some and then he he makes that speech about you know how I'm I'm doing this in front of them just as a fuck you, and then he looks over and he goes, "Found some." <laughs> so good. Yeah. I love this movie. I love it. I love it. Tell, tell us how much you love this movie, Barrett. See, I I, I think that um, I think they did get into the message that Sorkin wanted to get across. Now, correct. I, I think I, that's right. I agree that. You could have gone into the whole Bobby Seal stuff way mm-hmm. more. You could mm-hmm. have gone into the uh, Abby Hoffman stuff way more. You could have gone into the Tom Eddie Redmayne stuff more. <laughs> I always want to call him Tom Hagen, but it's Tom Hayden, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Hagen is the consigliere to the Godfather. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I think it, it, the trial itself is what he wanted to focus on the ridiculousness of the judge, the, uh, the absurdity of Chicago politics of which I'm familiar. Um, and then also getting in all these characters. Now, and I think the star of the show, despite how, how great Sasha Baron Cohen is, is Mark Rylance, man. Mark Rylance is fucking phenomenal in this movie. And he, he's the glue for everything, he's hard on Eddie Redmayne's character when he needs to be. He's hard on the judge when he needs to be. And then he backs off, even though it's blatantly unfair at a lot of times. And then he is resolute in his decision to, oh, not decision, his non-decision to represent Bobby Seale. Because it's not his business. And mm-hmm. I think he is the moral compass of this entire movie. He's the moral compass of this entire story. He plays it a little bit too much like uh, the the uh, the guy in Ready Player One. <laughs> oh. Anorak or whatever the fuck it yeah. is. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, I think he's brilliant. And I think the movie is brilliant. I think the dialogue is brilliant. Yes, Aaron Sorkin can always trim off about 10, 12 minutes uh, from anything he directs, which is at this point two movies. But not uh, a big fan of I editing. I no, I, I mean, I, I, it didn't bother me nearly as much here as it did in Molly's game. Well, and that's the thing, as I agree with you. I think I think he had uh, better editing this time, uh, yeah. and maybe he has learned between the two, and the next one will be the perfect length. I don't know. One of the things <laughs> I always I always try and do as a writer, which sounds like I hate myself, is try to cut something that I really, really like. Yeah. Um, just because I think you have to do that um, or you're being self-indulgent. And uh, anyway, um, I didn't hate it. Um, yeah, yeah, obviously Barry loved here. it and is going to vote for it. Number one with a bullet. <laughs> um, I, I do have a question. I do have a question. Is Sasha Baron Cohen the right nomination for this movie acting wise? I feel like you mentioned ready met or not Eddie Redmayne, uh, Mark Rylance. I think that's a better nomination for me, but I, for some reason, everything just kind of coalesced around Sasha I think he was the um, most ostentatious put, uh, and the most eloquent. I think Abby Hoffman as a character 
is going to yeah. steal the show every time. Yeah, I guess and if you right. get a talented person playing a talented person, especially against any type that you've ever seen Sasha Baron Cohen play, I think it's a lock. And I think he's yeah, and he has the, he has the big moment too on the stand. Yeah, no, I can see that. It's also something that Hollywood likes to do with uh, people who have two movies in one year that have that kind of visibility it seems like they always get nominated for one or the other mm-hmm. uh, i imagine there was uh some people who wanted to nominate him for borat itself borat himself but uh um uh didn't uh they but the just the the fact that you know the trial of chicago seven was another great option for them they could it was almost like putting borat votes into that as well mm-hmm. um yeah, but um uh well we're gonna move on to uh, uh this is i uh, aaron is this the movie that is the uh front runner for best picture nomadland um i think so uh i'll you know although with what has been going on with the academy both in how it's been adding members and in the results over the last few years best picture has become much more unpredictable Agreed. and i love that mm-hmm. um so uh but nomadland is i i believe um the, the leader at the moment in the club, which means I like Tenet will get it right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, considering that's not something out probably not. It's only no, a matter of time before a non-nominated surprise. movie wins. There's a there'll be a mystery uh, nominee, <laughs> and, people, and people will vote for the mystery nominee, not knowing what, see it what it was. <laughs> Wonder Woman 1984 wins. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> um. Oh, uh, Nomadland is another movie I really liked, but I was a little just, it's just not my movie. Oh, see now. It's just not oh, my movie. Well, now we're on, yeah. now we're on opposite sides. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I know you're not, you're not ragging on it. Um, no. This, this one got me. Um, not, not in as strong a way as Roma, but in similar ways in that mm-hmm. it had me thinking about my own infinitesimally small place in this world and the victories and tragedies of people all around me that I take for granted, or in this case, don't even know they exist. Um, not only the nomads, but these, these nomadic senior uh, van dwelling mm-hmm. Amazon employees uh, the, the book this is based on, my wife read it, and it's it, this is a fictionalized version of the book. Um, the book takes a much harsher stance on how Amazon treats these people and gets away with it. <laughs> sure it does. Um, <laughs> um, it almost feels like the movie was approved by Amazon. I That's actually, how little it goes into yeah. that. When it first shows that logo outside the warehouse, I was like, wow, how'd they get permission to do that? Like, they they must have gotten permission to do that, right? Like, um, but it, you know, again, it didn't make me, it didn't hit me as powerfully as something like Roma, but it, it, it touched me in the same kind of vein. Um, and, uh, I think what Chloe Zhao does best, uh, I've only seen this in the writer is to, to set these seemingly mundane lives against this backdrop of this gorgeous setting um, and it somehow makes even these tiny, seemingly insignificant interactions um, 
more poetic and more beautiful. Um, I, I at least came out of this movie geeked to see what she does with Eternals for the MCU. No kidding. Um, no because kidding. The, the visuals alone, um, you know, we've never seen an MCU movie that does this kind of thing. And if they let her do even a little bit of her thing, it's going to be something special. Um, so I think I liked it more than you, um, but um, it's not going to be my vote for favorite of the year. I'll tell you that right now. Mm, interesting. That's a tease. <laughs> That's what we call a tease, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, it's just one of those. I, I, I'm fine with slow moving, barely anything happens kind of movies and everything. I mean, I'm a big Lost in Translation fan. So I got, mm. you know, I, I, they can appeal to me, but, uh, but this one, for some reason, I, I, I will say the thing that I like the most is the consistency with the character. Francis McDormand very much wants to be alone in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Strathairn is, is putting on the full court press and she is not having it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like that. I think that combination of words has never been spoken. No, it hasn't. In the world, definitely hasn't. I do like that the movie avoids the cliches in that in that uh, relationship. Right? Like, mm-hmm. I think it would be yeah. easier uh, to write it that she eventually sees something in him and decides. Uh, but instead, they form a friendship that I think is pretty meaningful. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, she wants nothing to do with that. She wants to be on her own. Yeah. I'm probably more, uh, I lean towards Jeremy on this. I, it definitely is a tone poem uh, of a movie. Uh, it, it's it's something you kind of have to be in the mode for. And I was. And I, I think it's the humanity of it that just, at the end of the day, just holds me for the movie. Just seeing, I, I think she has a way of filming actors as if they're real human beings and real human beings as if they're actors yeah. like i don't know how she does it like somehow she has just people who are just normal people like you know anybody that would be traveling in a uh you know across the nation and they seem perfectly you know at ease with francis mcdormand in this movie as if they are you know compatriots mm-hmm. i actually uh and that's that's not that's not easy to do i don't know uh so some of that yeah. is mcdormand though because i read that some of sure. some of them didn't even know she was an actress uh until the end and she said well that's my job <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh yeah. she's favored to win her third oscar right yes yeah in, as long yeah. as Glenn Close I, doesn't I, win it, I'll be okay. <laughs> well, Glenn Close is a different category. So. Oh, thank God. But yes. <laughs> Glenn Close won an Oscar and she wasn't even nominated in this category. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'll continue along some of the Oscars and then I'm going to skip around. But uh, let's go with Minari. Uh, this, is, this is one of my favorite of the Oscar nominees. Um, mm-hmm. This one, this one I, I really, uh, I really... I really liked um it's uh and i can't what where are where are they where are they coming from in this movie korea south korea it's south korea to arkansas Mm -hmm. and uh and the the head the the husband of the the father of the family wants to uh create this you know he wants to garden that was that's his thing he wants to make a big huge like uh farm of some sort and uh but he's picked a plot of land that while it is uh peaceful and serene and out of the way and everything it doesn't have a real water source um and uh and and it 
shows the sort of the 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 fissures that happen in a marriage from someone being very obsessed with something like this and and you know not not listening to their wife and not not listening to what they need and not being around uh and everything and i just really really enjoyed this oh yeah i am in complete agreement here with you on this uh this one i think i liked a little more than nomad land uh but it it, it's hitting similar feels this is a, a, a one version of the american dream um and it's just obstacle after obstacle after obstacle um <clears throat> and then you know splashed in is this charming grandmother young son <laughs> relationship that you don't get in a lot of movies um, it's hard to think of any where it's been quite like this um and uh, where they end up at the end of the movie, I think, is just beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it really made me feel almost all my feels. And uh, and the acting, um, it's it's all subtitled um, for the most part. Um, the acting's really, really good. Steven Yoon was, like, blew me away. Mm-hmm. Yen? Yoon? <laughs> I think it's Yen. Yen. It's you. Um, is it, I didn't is know he had that different? in it. Dwin? I thought it was Yoon, but maybe maybe it is Yen. Uh, I, I I always uh, you know like um, I'm going to say Yoon Young Jung, uh, also nominated for an Oscar as the grandmother. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not wrong about these performances; they're absolutely astonishing. Uh, Alan Kim, the little kid, uh, shout out to the Critics' Choice Awards, uh, my favorite award show. Oh, uh, won the young, fuck <laughs> young you. the <laughs> <laughs> won the. Uh, well, uh, won the young uh, young performer award, and I don't know if you've seen the clip, but it is the most adorable thing. Yeah, Halfway through, he starts crying, yeah. and I just want to act in another movie. And I'm just like, how pure is that kid right yeah, now? Yeah, he was great. Uh, I just, yeah, he's awesome. I still he's need so to see good. that clip. But like uh, the 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 uh, the all timer for me still is the Anna Paquin Oscar. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that's just fun. Because she doesn't say anything for the longest time, and you're sitting there going, "Oh no, she's not going to be able to <laughs> right. say anything." And then suddenly, all the she just breaks out this perfect speech. <laughs> um, I should say, I, I by think- the way, that they moved from California to Arkansas. They they originally immigrated from Korea, uh, but he was so fantastic in California uh, that. She wanted to stay there. The wife wanted to stay there. That's right. Uh, but he wanted to to move to Arkansas. Mm. Yeah, the, it is the other thing that's been that's been said a lot, but bears repeating is just how unfortunate that for some of the award shows this has landed in like uh, foreign language feature and those kind of things because it is genuinely probably the most American story mm-hmm. of the nominees. It really this year. is. Like, it is a. It's about that quote unquote American it's dream. Not so like the foreign language films haven't broken through before. Life is beautiful. Was, right. was that, I mean, they, they've right. done it before. Parasite. <laughs> yeah. Parasite, yeah. of course. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of silly at this point to even suggest that a foreign language film can't cross over. Um, right. You know? Uh, so anytime I hear that, I'm like, yeah, it's just, you know, there's some, there's I think some it's like, going on male and female awards it's something eventually we'll we'll do away with that category and we'll just have a best picture from planet earth 
Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The grand the grandmother is great in this though. Like I love how how like just out of out of fuck she is in the entire <laughs> calls her calls her grandchildren bastards while they're playing games and stuff. He's like, ha ha, you lost, you bastard. Sucks uh, Yeah. <laughs> uh but Minari is great. Um and then I'm gonna I'm gonna cover this one and then we'll go on to some other stuff uh the sound uh sound of metal uh is uh is on this list um uh i really 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 liked this a lot um it's i think this covers a disability in a much different way than uh than i have ever seen before i was i don't know if these uh these sort of uh what is it it's a commune that he goes to i guess these things mm-hmm. exist mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um you know um i had never seen anything like that before um and uh I, and riz ahmed is just so good in this that's just that's he's what so was, great yeah I, it, it's what what i really found fascinating about this movie it's it's about addiction in many ways even though not on the surface it doesn't look like that mm-hmm. i mean he is he is clean and sober from other addictions and when he loses his hearing he realizes he was addicted to his hearing and what that meant in his life and the way the way that the movie plays with his loss of hearing and his response to it yeah. and then others who have been through it and their response to him um i just i i found it all really moving and really beautiful and movies for me are at their best when they really put you in someone else's shoes you know really create empathy for you for somebody else whose life experience you haven't had. Mm-hmm. And this movie really does that yeah. uh, for me. And man, I, cause I, I felt for him and I was like, yeah, I'd probably feel the same way when he's thinking about the uh, cochlear uh, surgery or, or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And yet everybody else is cautioning him. And I just, this, this movie is, yeah, he, I really like he it. He thinks it's going to be a perfect solution, right? Because no, yeah. nobody seems to, well, people are warning him, but they don't seem to be warning him like, you know, hey, this is not perfect uh, sound. At least we're not hearing it. And it could be from his perspective right. that people are telling him that and we're and he's just not hearing the message. Um, but uh, well, they're, they're more saying you need to find peace with who you are, with this new version of you first. Mm-hmm before you make decisions like this like yeah. that's they're they're more kind of on the the uh the mental side of things than the surgical side of things yeah um the uh the support of uh paul rocky i think is how you pronounce his name who hasn't been in very many uh things and he's not deaf himself but he's a a child of uh deaf parents is uh is amazing and they've mm-hmm. they've got a devastating scene uh, between them they've got some of the most enjoyable scenes between the two of them uh he and Riz Ahmed's character but they've also got one of the most devastating scene and uh Olivia Cooks uh playing his bandmate slash girlfriend and the way they resolve the storyline of that relationship is something I don't know if I've ever seen before or at least mm-hmm. recently and I appreciate I appreciated the authenticity of this movie and the realness of how this would play out both mm-hmm. with him, given his background, uh, given his anger. Um, I, I think it's a beautiful movie. It's a beautiful movie. I, and they're both nominated. I both would, him and Paul um, are both nominated. 
I would love to weigh in, um, but I need to make peace with who I am before I can watch this movie um, because this guy reminds me of me too much. Um, and it's not, I haven't made peace with the fact that I'm losing my hearing. Even yesterday, mm-hmm. Aaron sent me a, a Twitter clip of a, a song and it was lovely, but I couldn't understand any of the words. And I had to go outside and walk around for 15 minutes just to get over that hurdle. Um, I'm getting emotional right now. It's too, mm-hmm. it's too close for me right now. Um, but I will watch it because I think it could help me. And I think um, I might have um, some insights that might help other people who are going through the same thing. Um, so I don't want people to think I'm giving up on it. I just, uh, I'm not ready to deal. So there you I go. Dig, <clears throat> I dig, I dig that. And, uh, of all the movies this year, one of the best endings of, mm-hmm. uh, of this, of this year by, yeah, by definitely. uh, especially considering how it's been built up by the end of it. Um, I'm going to start, uh, I'm going to, I want to get to a big movie here. Um, and who knows how many people have seen this, but, uh, let's go with wonder (laughs) woman, 1984. Um, I, I am, I'm constantly appalled at how studios will make a movie that is as good as a first movie. And they seem to be making all the right moves. Like let's get the same director that, you know, Patty Jenkins did a great job with this, that first movie. And uh, you know, let's, 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 you know, just let's do all these right things. And then they give them a story. And I, 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 I gotta say guys, this is the most confusing piece of bullshit fucking movie i've seen in a long terrible. in a long it's terrible it's a terrible movie it really is it really is and 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 with the actors that are in this they don't deserve this 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 is this is this is fucking i mean this is uh what would you call this this is like hazing almost uh putting putting these people through this movie uh, it's it, it just when we when we finally get to send this there's gonna be like 300 yeah and there's no way yeah. there's not 300 sends yeah. yeah um uh but uh i think my one of my main things about this is just you know, I, I always wondered why they decided that there was going to be a 1984 i know that they want to have some sort of i don't know story cohesion like cohesion where like we don't want to see what wonder woman has done after justice league yet because we've got i don't know maybe other movies in the pipeline or something but there's really no reason why this needed to be in 1984 mm. there's no reason the the uh just the fact that they uh just the fact that somehow batman doesn't know that there's a there's something big happened in 1984 during his you know justice league justice league uh investigation where you know we're seeing all the clips of everybody and everything and then just i just i i was just like come come on guys and then chris pine i mean no i mean there's a guy who deserves a lot lot more and than this but the fact that he's like they Wonder Woman can wish for Chris Pine to come back, but he's got to take the body of some other dude, some other poor mm-hmm. asshole to, to, to do yeah. it. Why can't you wish for Chris Pine just to come back? 
of some... all the stupid wishes in this movie that are granted. <laughs> like, how is that any different than him just like coming back as a you know an, a distinct entity? There is no difference, and there's no there's no cool thing that happens with that uh, body swapping thing, other than the fact that at the end, oh, let's give her a boyfriend at the end since Chris Pine has died. Let's make it the same <laughs> dude that Chris Pine was in was inside the whole time and everything. Like that's just it. That's just that's just just piss poor and then like Kristen wig is like i want to be an apex predator and she's already had one wish and she's she has and she she asks like i've already had a wish and he's like well who i can give any wish i want i'm like whatever and it's like no the rule was that you only had one wish <laughs> and she's like i want to be an apex predator and then the next time we see her she's in this fucking cheetah outfit or what the fuck it is i what are they doing man i mean what in the fuck happened with this movie i don't know um, i don't know anyway i uh, wanted to talk about wonder woman 1984 because we had to basically um, <laughs> let's uh let's go to another movie that we've all seen the new mutants ah mm. hey so so this is uh is this better than all of us thought it was going to be Yes, but I vote, the bar yeah, I was vote yes. really low. Right. <laughs> Very low bar, but yes. Um, I think the reason I marked it as one I wanted to talk about for sure was just um, how they handled the um, lesbian relationship, which is to say uh, they didn't shy away from it, but they didn't like go, here, look at what we're doing. This is Man. a big deal. And I felt like it struck the perfect balance there. Um, it's kind of a mess, but... Uh, I enjoyed watching the mess. Hmm. I'll watch this thing sense. probably like two or three more times over, yeah. over my life. Yeah. And I will not do that with apocalypse or dark <laughs> Phoenix. No. no, in fact, I'm going. I'm going to that place in Eternal Sunshine to get Apocalypse wiped from my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I want to unsee it. Yeah, the uh, I didn't like this movie for a really long time, and then I thought the ending of it, like towards the end, it started getting good, where they were using their powers and uh, the 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 part the part where Maisie Williams gets to drop get the drop in on. Uh, the uh the doctor and everything starts clawing her face and everything i thought that was really good and i thought the the little battle the battle with the big bear at the end and everything you know is is what it is i mean i, I knew you know i was you know <laughs> i i like, uh, the I like An- yeah i like the anya T- taylor joy thing where she's you know go walking she's about to walk out and fight that thing and you know and, and has her little one-liner that she says and all that but like um but yeah, for the most part, I was, I don't know, I, it had a, um, you know, it had a glass feel because they were, you know, yeah. they're, they're in therapy and they're, uh, they can't they're not, leave. I don't, yeah. They can't leave, which is by the way, uh, a huge theme of movies that I saw this year, uh, people being trapped in a place and can't leave. Mm. Uh, that was a, that was a huge theme for some reason. Uh, not, mm. not uh i mean i think what most of these movies were made before the pandemic so it wasn't like a pandemic thing yeah um so but i saw a lot of these uh but anyway yeah i i I, the new mutants probably was a little bit better than i thought she uh even though this was filmed in like 2009 
Amy, <laughs> Taylor, Amy Taylor Joy is having a year, man. Between mm-hmm. this and Emma and Queen's Gambit, yeah, she mm-hmm. she killed it, and she's. I think she's really good in this in New Mutants. She's just she's bitchy and she's Russian and she's I think awesome. the whole cast is pretty good. I like Maisie Williams yeah. and Charlie Heaton. I like I think they cast this well. Um I I I I I like the cast and I like that it's all in one location. Mm. I think that you know the the superhero thing where it's you know heroes we don't know who are in this one environment like that's ripe for fun stuff and you can tell they really wanted this to be a horror movie. And then they were like, well, not quite a horror horror yeah. movie, but let's still keep some of that stuff. And that's where it gets kind of messy. But some of that stuff worked. If they some had, of that stuff really worked. I can't help but thinking if they had let them go full bore into that, yeah. it would have worked. Um, mm-hmm. I think so, too. So, anyway. Um, Re- release the boon cut. Yes. Release the, oh, God. <laughs> this, is, this is what's always going to happen now, right? Because they're, they're demanding right. the air cut for Suicide Squad. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. This is, this is, that's been going on time memorial, though, right? Like, the, the whole, like, Rolling Stone uh, uh, had a bad review of Led Zeppelin albums back in the day. So therefore, yeah. everybody who had bad reviews can be like Led Zeppelin uh, later on in life or whatever. It's it's the it's the most annoying thing ever. It's a one out of a hundred thousand <laughs> thing that happens, and people think, oh, well, I get, well, Led Zeppelin got bad reviews too, and you know, we'll just wait twenty years and everybody will love our music. They do this with um, authors too, right? They're like, well, Mark Twain got rejected by four hundred and fifty six publishers before he got published, and I'm <laughs> like, well, that's not going to happen for everyone who wants to be published. Like, Mark Twain was anyway. Fuck it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rolling same way. Yeah. Um. Let's keep it on the uh, comic book front and go with Birds of Prey. Um, this Loved actually it. got a theatrical release. Um, sure did. Uh, I I uh, I enjoyed this. Uh, I did. I don't think I liked it as much as some people did, but I enjoyed this. What I enjoyed, and I tweeted about this in a now deleted tweet from an account I don't tweet from much anymore. Um, what I enjoyed was the fight scenes were comprehensible. Um, yeah, 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 especially that uh, jail scene where she's trying to break out the little girl and all the cells open. Yep. Like uh, c- compared to the MCU, like I had no f- problem following that fight scene or any of the fight scenes in this movie, uh, which I think speaks to how well they're choreographed um, and how well they're shot. Um, but um, yeah, it's charming. Uh, it's way better than Suicide Squad. It gives her, you know, complete control of the narrative um harley quinn i mean uh, introduces some other what i thought were pretty cool characters i thought the girl playing the little pickpocket was great um mm-hmm. i thought mm-hmm. mary elizabeth winstead was great um <clears throat> and uh I, the only the only one i didn't think was great that some people did was ewan mcgregor i thought he was a I'm with you. little too far yeah uh, he's over the top man. I know, a little too much i know but that's but here's the thing but here's the thing bear you know you i i do not begrudge you your love for this movie i really like it too i liked it the first time i saw it i thought it was really fun um margo margo robbie does the same thing ewan mcgregor is doing but does it in such a more authentic way yes she is completely over the top she is way out there but you believe that's a real person Absolutely. a real human i did not believe you and mcgregor's character was a real human being oh, um on. so that that was the difference i saw with those two characters um 
but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. By the way, the the girl's name is Ella J. Basco. Oh, great. Or Bosco. Bosco. So. <laughs> yeah. No, all of them. Uh, Journey Smollett Bell uh, with the Black Canary thing. And Rosie mm-hmm. Perez. God bless him. And far be it from me, uh, you know, middle-aged dude to say this, but like writing characters for 40-something late 40, early 50-year-old actresses, especially in an action movie, certainly doesn't seem like the norm these days or ever, right? Uh, so it's nice to see her not only just have a cop role, but like actually get some meat on the bone and uh, and really have a comprehensible character. Well, I'm pretty sure Margot Robbie is an executive producer on this film too, and I think she's taken ownership of this character um, in a way that's similar to what Ryan Reynolds did with Deadpool in that she has, she has nailed Harley Quinn and she has an understanding of that character. Um, so letting her help make decisions on what her movies should be like, uh, I think is only going to make them better and better. I'm, I'm really excited strangely to see James Gunn's suicide squad um, just because it looks like a dirty dozen with Harley Quinn in it. And that sounds rad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fun yeah. movie. Um, let's move on to Tenet, another movie that got a theatrical release uh, in the middle of the pandemic. It was one of the uh, sort of a, I don't know, it was sort of a, a dry run almost, I guess. Just, it was a canary in the coal mine, man. Yeah, it was, very let's much. test it out. Let's figure it out. Very much so. Wasn't um, it mostly that he's just stubborn, though? Yeah. Yeah, mostly there's that part. Of okay. It. Mostly it's Christopher Nolan as being stubborn. Um, I don't understand. I didn't understand this philosophy, by the way, about uh, we just have to have this movie come out like right now because it's going to be a new movie to most everybody, no matter what time they decided to come out with it. It's not the same as pushing it back due to production problems and having to do reshoots and stuff like that. Um, the, The very idea that it wouldn't have, been a huge success if you had waited until this or next year uh with it uh i don't know uh maybe it was a warner brothers thing maybe they needed to to cash in i well then the same company would would just a few months later decide to to day and date release all 2021 movies on hbo max Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah exactly um so yeah um i i this was my only time i really braved the pandemic uh as far as uh feeling like i was doing something super dangerous other than like going to uh a grocery store or something like that <laughs> yeah. um uh and uh and part of my uh you know my experience with this movie was being in a heightened state watching it being in this whole like I don't want people to be in here who don't have masks. I don't want people. Of course, somebody comes right up to me about five minutes into the movie. And is like, did the movie already start? Like, what do you see on the screen? What the fuck do you see on the screen, dude? It's fucking tenant. It's not a trailer. Sit down. Don't ask me the goddamn question. And then having to go through the whole thing of, trying to understand what's being said even in an IMAX theater um uh you know the it it took until it got on 
a Blu-ray and I could through go through the subtitles and everything to really understand what was being said, which is a very big, huge abs- ob- obstacle to understanding this movie at all. And even after watching it three or four times, you still have things in there that are just like, uh, but what, but what about the, what about, mm-hmm. oh my God, <laughs> um, easily the most confusing movie of the year. And wonder woman, 1984 came out. <laughs> that's right that's right yeah you guys have scared me off a tenant like i'll watch it for sure at some point but oh it's uh, it's good it's good it's confusing it's great i it's, love it's it it's really I, like, fun I, to I watch i still love it you so, can yeah. watch it as a surface level movie i think as an action mm-hmm. movie yeah yeah um and not really i mean i i think it explains itself just enough to where you can say well I could probably dive into that, but if I don't want to, I can still enjoy this as a narrative. Mm. Yeah. Um, Adjust your critical thinking, you know, level and, and head on in. I, I, I have a blast with this movie. I think it's really fun. I love the concept. Uh, you know, we, we send this and part of it was, you know, putting our critical theory on and going, okay, does it really make sense? And there are many, many things in the, the, how this works that don't make sense. Um, just because they're paradoxes, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but there is also a real level of cleverness that he's doing here with the idea of palindromes and with the idea. One of the things uh, I discovered that I wasn't even trying to discover when we were sending it is that scene wise, this movie is a palindrome. Mm. Like it has action scene happening at a certain time. Then it has, uh, I think, three expositional, different expositional scenes. Then it has, you know, a different, uh, the bank, not the bank, the vault, mm-hmm. the airplane vault place action scene, two more expositional scenes, then two exposition, or then the car chase in regular time, then right into the car chase in reverse time, then two expositional scenes, then the, the airplane huh. vaulting. Like, it Jeremy is Aaron's going to explain this entire movie to you, by the way. He's going to go through the entirety. No, I don't. No, I just, for me, I, I look at that stuff and I go, I love it when people think like that. I think that's really clever. I think that's really fun. And, uh, and so, yeah, I have a really good time with it. Plus, the visuals are so cool. Yeah. It's just so mm-hmm. cool to watch some of this stuff. No, yeah. I definitely enjoyed this movie. It just took it took about four or five times to watch it to really, to really yeah. kind of get there. But, uh, Jeremy, when you do uh end up watching this follow the advice of grown-up fleur delacour in this movie where she says <laughs> don't try to think about it too much <laughs> and <laughs> and and so so when you see all these things just go oh that's cool i didn't know blah 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 and then you just <laughs> you know don't even worry about it if it's possible or not. um uh but yeah it, it it is it is very good i Man, I I feel like almost this movie is so complex. It should be a, a ten episode uh, series or something. Could be, yeah, because uh, it would give them a, a a chance to really dive into that world a little bit better. But you know what? I don't know. I don't know what I don't know if that's right or not. I just feel like <laughs> I just feel like that. that what no, are you gonna do? Feel, well, you know, I just feel like there's just there's more you can explore. And who knows if there's ever going to be a sequel. Nolan's not a big sequel guy. so just- I really do think that there was an aspect to this movie they cut out uh, late in the process uh, involving the idea of a sequel slash character uh, revelation. Mm-hmm. Um, Yo, I could watch kind of John thing. David yeah. Washington's character do spy shit for like He's so three funny different yeah. movies, man. 
Yeah. He, R. Pats, and Kenneth Branagh are all fantastic in this. I really, the acting is really, really good. Branagh is doing the thing that Ewan McGregor couldn't do in Birds of Prey. Like, he is completely chewing the scenery, and it works. Like, you know. So I just, just get I, off of Ewan. I don't know. Just... Get off of Ewan, dog. <laughs> I don't Look, know. I just didn't like him fun. in that movie. No, he's fine. He's fun. He, okay, he kills people and he did, did stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, working our way down. Let's do another theatrical release. The Invisible Man. Oh, yeah, baby. Here's a movie that I had no hopes going into uh, when I want, when I came in to watch it, because first off there is, there is a such thing. And this is something that Aaron doesn't have to deal with, but it's a trailer saturation that was going on mm. with this movie uh everything like leading up to this had an invisible man trailer on it and every time i watched it i was like this doesn't look good at all but when you watch it you realize oh this has a much deeper message doesn't it mm -hmm. as a it has a lot going for it and then elizabeth moss is incredible in this movie oh my god it's another one of these like movies that comes out too early in the year because if it had come out around October or something and had a streaming or uh, uh, release or whatever, um, I think Elizabeth Moss would have gotten nominated for this. You think? Yeah, I, I mean, she I she's worthy. Yeah, I think so. Too. I yeah. think she should have. She carries that movie and and both the surface level and the underlying themes you're talking about are all mm -hmm. in her face and her mm -hmm. performance. And that scene in the restaurant is one of the scariest fucking moments I've ever seen in a movie ah, Yeah, uh, because yeah. it's so unexpected to me. Um, and it's so like horrifying <laughs> because there's, there's literal violence happening that would be horrifying. But then the realization of, Oh fuck, I'm going to get in trouble for this. This is going to mm -hmm. be blamed on it's me. It's just like shock. And then I appreciated the, uh the technological aspect um that that dabbles in some actual technology that's being developed in terms of you know using cameras to make something look invisible um it's obviously not there in the real world to where it is in this movie um but man everything about this works everything all the performances mm -hmm. are great um uh the way it sort of echoes what women have to deal with from the patriarchy on a general day, even not in a horror movie. Um, yeah, I just, it's one of my very favorite movies of the year. And um, I can't say enough good things yeah. about it. I've seen it three times now. Yo, I, like you will talk about this uh, at length, I'm sure in promising young woman, but what I, what I didn't expect, but I appreciated was the tiny, tiny, tiny. And I guess that's a definition microaggression from mm. the job interviewer mm -hmm. saying, you know, did you go to Paris? Because that's where all beautiful women have to go. And that's mm -hmm. it. He doesn't mm -hmm. do anything else necessarily that you would say is creepy or pervy or something like that. And it's, you could say glossed over, but that stood out like a giant stab in the eyeball to me, mm -hmm. not having gone through that, obviously. And it's, it has nothing to do with the plot. But it has everything to do with the plot, you know, yeah. like the underlying message for it. Oh, this movie yeah. absolutely floored me. The, yeah. uh, you know, the, the thing about this movie is it takes a horror trope, which is 
someone who has either seen ghosts or they see something impossible or whatever, and they spend the whole movie trying to be believed, right? Yeah. And they turn that being believed thing into this metaphor about being believed about being in a terrible, abusive relationship and everything. It is, that is where horror does its best work a lot of times is when it makes this kind of social commentary and it's, it feels, it's not totally hidden because she has her one big moment where she talks about how she was abused and, and one of her best scenes in this movie. But, um, but this is where horror does the best, does its best work for sure. No doubt about it. Very reminiscent to me of uh, the feeling I had after watching Get Out, right? Mm. Like the, the fact that it's just nailing the underlying theme so well and you just you feel it and it so well relates to the overarching plot and what's going on um, that you feel like you've experienced something that is interesting on a surface level, on a movie le- level, but even more interesting on a, you know, a social level and an empathy level. Um, yeah, I think the Invisible Man is talking also about the best endings. This is up there yes. with Sound of Metal, but also it's got style, baby. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know if there's a name for it yet. I tweeted about this, but I love when Lee Winnell follows a person who's falling down mm-hmm. to the ground mm-hmm. with the camera. He does it in Upgrade, and he does it mm-hmm. in this movie. And I'm I'm all in on whatever he's going to do next. It comes out of nowhere too. Like you're seeing just a regular regular yep. with an invisible man like fight scene and then all of a sudden thunk and then back mm-hmm. up. <laughs> yeah. yeah um since it was mentioned and it's uh apt to talk about uh let's go promising young woman on the next one um i ain't never uh, seen man, a movie like this i i haven't either this is i love me some carrie mulligan man mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And by the way, you you mentioned Francis being the front runner. Uh, front runner. I think it's it's neck and neck with Carrie oh, as yeah? far as uh, as far as the award right now. I like how you're. I haven't checked the odds basis but... with all these. Uh, mm-hmm. That's right. Me and Carrie. <laughs> yes, well, I have met them, we're, we're, so. we're rapping about a few things. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> After she got the nomination, she called and she was like, did you hear? I was like, totally, by, girl. By the way, uh, <laughs> another Margot Robbie uh, production, or she's uh, part of the production. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so, yeah, you. she is a woman who is pretending to be uh, like sloppy drunk at bars and have men, nice guys, come and pick her up and uh promise a ride home and nothing else but of course she's always running into guys like adam brody this seems like be adam brody's role right yeah. he does this a lot <laughs> right. he did jennifer's body didn't he same thing oh, yeah. he, he does this a lot uh adam brody and then there's a, a host of other like there's mcclubbin is in this chris from his class <laughs> and uh chris lowell yeah um but uh she pretends to be sloppy drunk and gets these rides home for men who say they're just that, that they're just being the nice guy, the knight in the shining armor. Of course, they're always looking to take advantage of the situation. And then she's like, whoop, whoop, surprise, I'm not drunk and I'm going to turn the tables on you and everything. And not only turn the tables like, you know, it's like it's about to get it's about to go too far or anything like that. But turn the tables on a, these people are these guys are not violent they're not like they're not like uh ready to just like i don't know do a do a violent thing they she turns the tables on a, at a point where they are more likely to try to backtrack and say this is not what i was trying to do this is you know 
that's what's interesting to me. It's not ever, it doesn't ever get to that point where they're like pulling out guns or knives or like, you know, or anything like that. Do they? I mean, until the end, I mean, you know, where this yeah, movie ends up going, definitely said it, it. Yeah. It, the movie is, I think in that point making the, uh, is saying, yes, it's very much about the nice guy thing. And it's very much about the idea of, uh, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem, you know, kind of idea, mm-hmm. but it does go so far at the end to say, and this is what happens when you let it go too far, yeah. you know, kind of idea. So, yeah. But she, uh, you know, she runs into an old, uh, classmate and everything. And this is a, I thought this was a part of the movie that was a little bit too predictable, maybe a little bit when she runs into the old classmate and, uh, and she starts talking about how, you know, she had a friend who, who, uh, um, went through all, you know, went through all of this before and everything and nobody believed her and all that. Um, that was the one part of the movie. I was like, okay, we know where this is going, right? Like the, the guy that she met part of this old class, this old, you know, she, he's gonna, he's gonna have something part of his past that where he was, he was in on this, right. Where he was, he was in this room or whatever when this, all this happened. Um, and they do, the they one- do. you're right. You're right. But they subvert that so much like with, because she is a total. Are you talking about Bo Burnham? Yeah, yeah. Are we talking Bo about Burnham. Bo Burnham's character yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, who's great in this? Uh, but they subverted and them it. together. They are so good together. Because she's a closed book, man. Ain't nothing getting in there, like uh, personally, physically, uh, emotionally, and uh, he's got to prove himself to her. Uh, and and the way this resolves, it's interesting to me. Uh, that that's the uh, marketing um, uh, strategy for this is to show her at the end of the movie with that wig on and in the nurse outfit and everything when, yes, that's when the movie turns on its head, you could say, but her character is much more than that. I, I guess it's, you have to show sexy Carrie Mulligan in a nurse costume to sell uh, tickets or streams or whatever. Uh, but, uh, I think it's more subversive than that. It is, it is misleading. Is, and I guess if it's intentionally misleading, then it's brilliant. I, I think it is. I, I think the movie is saying something there about, uh, men's relationship to sexuality and how they see women and the clothes they wear and, and all that stuff. I, I think this movie is very purposefully, uh, calling us all, all males into account for how we view the world, uh, you know, from our privilege and what that looks like as we interact with women. And, you know, the the idea of you ask for it by wearing that skirt or whatever that is just so awful and ugly. But many people have said over history that, you know, that the women bear some responsibility for the clothes she was wearing. Um, you know, like all of that stuff, the movie is is taking us to task and just saying, you know, you may not feel like you're horrible. But have you had these thoughts? Like, how far has that thought progressed in your mind and understand that even that is the seed of something nefarious? Um, and, man, I really appreciated the worldview of this movie and, and just kind of how thorough it was and unique. Uh, in portraying and that. And unique. This movie is, yeah. is a unicorn. Uh, I, I was it really is. I was in not a fetal position, but like a mental fetal position for a little <laughs> bit after I watched this film. Mental fetal. Um, 
but yeah, that was what I was uh, about to get to when I was talking about the uh, Bo Burnham thing being predictable is that I think the movie knows it's predictable and it gets to a point where it has another surprise in store for you afterwards. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I really, really enjoyed this movie, um, a lot. I really thought, uh, I, I, you know, this, this was really good. Um, all right. So let's look at, uh, let's see, uh, here's a movie that I did not see, but the other three of you have seen talk about Emma and, uh, some more yeah. Annie Taylor joy. Um, yeah, I kept passing this on the dial whenever it was on HBO, I think it was HBO, uh, because I, I, I felt a bit of burnout with uh, Jane Austen, and it's not her fault. She's been dead a long time. Um, <laughs> Damn it, Jane. And even Emma was, has been done a few times, even what feels to me recently with Gwyneth Paltrow. That was the right one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was then a long was, time ago, but it does seem like it was. It feels like, like yesterday. Yeah. Uh, it was before she started selling uh, vagina candle rocks. That's um, very true. It was before mm-hmm. that. Um, mm-hmm. But I ended up, uh, it was one of those days where I literally didn't want to watch anything on any of the other channels. And I went ahead and gave this a shot. And I was quite charmed by this. Mm-hmm. Um, she's fantastic. I did not realize, because I don't feel like everybody can do Jane Austen. Uh, I feel like it takes a certain kind of actor to, to do that and not feel fakey. Uh, but the production design is really awesome too. It's almost like pop past. Like it's, it looks like Jane yeah. Austen, but yeah, it's yeah. colorful. And yeah. uh, the hats all have a little extra something. It doesn't look <laughs> like the, I'm sorry. It doesn't look like Pride and Prejudice. It looks like, it looks like Willy Wonka's yeah, Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to compliment the movie. <laughs> I, I, I know exactly you what you're you saying. Yeah, there um, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. In fact, I recommended it to my wife, um, who's also burnt out on Jane Austen. So uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't fall in love with it, uh, but I wanted to make sure I mentioned it because it was a surprise to me, and I think it might be to some of the listeners as well. It's fine. It's perfectly fine. If you've, yeah. isn't Clueless is based off of Emma, right? Yes, I mean, I was so, just going to say the only thing I don't like about this movie is how much it steals from. Clues, right? <laughs> right? So I mean, the only knock of this is that you've seen this this film before, and there's yeah, it, I think there's probably and a little bit of an like overlap um, of uh, Bridgerton and stuff like that, and like kind of like anachronistic pop, like you're saying, like the the colors and stuff like that, Marie Antoinette type of thing. Uh, but you've seen the movie before, you've heard the story before, but Annie Taylor-Joy is absolutely great in this. Bill Nye, I really, really liked his performance in this uh, as the mm-hmm. crotchety old dad. Uh, and and I got to be honest with you, man, Mr. Friskets and Mr. Whiskers and Mr. Whoever the fuck she's trying to court and like manipulate they all run together to me they all could be joe alwyn they all could be dylan o'brien they, they all, all are joe alwyn joel alwyn <laughs> plays four roles he's eddie murphy in this movie it could it could totally be him with like a bigger nose or like shorter <clears throat> hair i don't give a shit yeah, yeah no i think you guys are right uh, it's fine it's not you know gonna blow you away but uh i i was surprised i didn't dude. expect it to have any quality and it had a good measure 
And there's a reason it's nominated for two Academy Awards. It's not, you know, it's nominated for makeup and hair and costuming because this movie is absolutely gorgeous. It It is so beautiful. It is. Uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit of uh, animation. Here's another movie that had a theatrical release. It's Onward. It's Pixar's uh, first movie of the year. Um, this was a major disappointment, wasn't it? Mm, <laughs> I, mean, I guess I'll let you guys go first, uh, or I can talk from the positive angle. I loved this movie, uh, but it. that should not be a surprise uh, to anyone who knows uh, what I, how I feel about Pixar. I think this movie is really fun. I laughed really hard at several points. There's uh, the moment with the van um, where it starts galloping. I I just, I lost it. Um, so stuff like that. It's got a really good sense of humor. I think Chris Pratt and um, Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, oh, Holland. Now you're doing me. Thank you. <laughs> Pratt and Holland. Star-Lord and Spider-Man walk into a bar <laughs> and the van starts galloping. <laughs> uh in man did i cry like i it, it, the the kind of uh sneakiness that it that it pulls the you thought it was about fathers and sons but it's about brothers thing really got me you know i mean uh you know i i don't for, mean for this to be the classic you know fathers of daughters kind of moment but as somebody who has a brother Father, like I, I don't know that stuff really nailed me so um so yeah, I, I I was not disappointed at Onward, but I know a lot of people were. So I I yeah, obviously don't. I think it's don't mind hearing fun. That. I think it's harmless. It's just I have come to expect more from a Pixar movie than fun and harmless, and that's maybe partially my fault. Um, and we're going to talk, I assume, about Pixar's other release this year uh, at some point, which I felt like it had a lot more heart and a lot more depth uh, and a lot more a to lot say. More Whereas Onward, <laughs> I do think the brother moment is awesome, but I feel like that that's it. Like, it's, it's all slapstick silliness until then. Um, so I, I liked it. I didn't hate mm. it. Um, uh, he found heart my, somewhere early on in the well, dragon no, map. No, 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 no. I, yeah, well, not, not necessarily that one, but there is when they're riding the Cheeto. Um, there, is, there is this moment where they're talking about the death of... You know, but they're riding the, a cheeto, father. Aaron. Uh huh. Yeah. No, I know. That's what makes it beautiful. That's what makes it. That's amazing. what makes it ridiculous and hard for me to connect. <laughs> they're riding a cheeto. Well, and part of, now, listen. Part of this may also be that recently my family was looking at not having me in this world, and uh, you know that's been within the last couple of years. And so I know that struck a very personal level uh, with me and my family as well. I know when my wife and I saw it in a theater because, you know, this this did come out before the pandemic. Um, yeah, she was sobbing during that. Scene. So uh, now you know, you're making us feel like things. dicks. So we appreciate no, that. No, 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 no. <clears throat> Look, everybody has their own personal stories and experiences, right? Like, you know, so in this, in this yeah, hit me yeah, in that hate way. Hate this movie all you want, but I almost died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you know it was based on Homer's Listen, The Odyssey? Have... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I uh, I was I was disappointed in the whole quest. Like you 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 have um, I know that you're trying to get to this point. You're absolutely right. It is it it is a a movie that you think is about a father son relationship, and it ends up being about brothers and everything. But uh, the quest to get there is is immensely unsatisfying to me, and a lot of the stuff in there was like ridiculously cynical i guess is what we what sure. i would call it in, yeah. this, in our in our in our sort of context especially the fact that 
they're able to use their father's legs, who's just a torso, to oh, yeah. it's, to it's land dumb. on that yeah, one thing fully. in that deep water. And I'm like, whoever made this quest, did did they did they know that you need did did they know that there was going to be somebody that had a, a torso to use, a spare torso, <laughs> not a torso, or someone without a torso? Like I, I was, I was just sitting there going, "How does this, how does this quest get won without that father figure there?" No, you're right. Um, you're not wrong. And and just all the stuff at the the end too. Just I mean, it's just this is not to me. To me, this may be a good movie on its own, but like you have to. Comp- it feels like you have to compare it to all the other Pixar movies that come before it, right? Pixar sure. has been known to come out with those knock it out of the park especially on their originals uh knock it out of the park kind of uh movies and when they come out with one that doesn't you you're just like why couldn't you have realized this world just a tiny bit better like we know mm-hmm. pixar is able to do and when it comes out like that you're just like oh well i guess that's pretty good but if this movie had been let's say this movie had come out in 1995 and it was the toy story of its day or whatever would this have mm-hmm. launched pixar the way the way it you know the way toy story did i don't know if that's a fair comparison really but no but i hear what you're saying i think it's a valid point um but uh, that's what i was sort of feeling you really shouldn't i mean as a rule compare compare movies to others and say well because it's not as good as this one it's not very good or whatever but i I think from the brand i expect more so like that's where that's where it where it fell down for me Um, yeah so anyway and then yes soul came out uh later on on disney plus uh and i really enjoyed soul um soul was really really good um uh the the you know i guess i really like the ending but it's another one of those that has it both ways kind of endings Mm. um but i did like the ending regardless of that um but uh let's talk about soul you talk about a sentable movie <laughs> that I that I do love. Uh, I mean the the circumstances by which and the rules by which they play are don't don't get into those like you do Tenet if you want to enjoy this movie. Uh, you want to get the themes, you want to get the emotion, and you want to savor the performances, especially Tina Fey and Jamie Fox. And Jamie Fox, man absolutely kills it uh felicia mm-hmm. rashad kills it um uh, <laughs> kills it that's a bad uh, term but like <laughs> you know for a kid's movie about death it, 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 it's like coco like i don't know how they pulled this off like this this miracle of making this you know adorable and poignant and animation that is Unlike anything else, the polygon uh, counselors or whatever they not uh, whatever they are uh, that usher in the afterlife and the pre life are, you know, amorphous shapes, but they have character. And I, I just I found myself loving this movie uh, more than I I thought I was going to. It's not an A plus to me, but I thought it was it was brilliant. Well, so I think mm-hmm. it's important to teach kids that when you die, there might be an escape hatch to get back to Earth. Right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe you come back if, say, you run away and you jump off an escalator. Shit. You know, who knows what will happen? 
You go through the Bifrost. That's um, one of I, those. Go ahead. I'm just a brief thing. It's one of those things in movies that always kill me. There's like billions and trillions of people who have died, and 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 that now this one guy is the one who figures out how to get back you know like i know that's the story mm-hmm. but like it's impl- it's really it really blows my <laughs> mind that it's this one guy that's like all right well, let's figure out how we go back to earth you know nobody's tried this before yeah, <laughs> nobody else has ever thought i'm not supposed to be dead yet <clears throat> yeah <laughs> fucking anyway you were saying uh, i was just gonna say i appreciated the music um you know i grew up playing piano lessons, taking piano lessons and playing instruments. And I've always had a, a love of music. And so I think one of the things that appealed to me about this movie and maybe one of the things that endeared it to me is, is how infused with music it is mm-hmm. um, because it's, it's basically about death and then music in that order. Um, mm-hmm. That's your, anyway. that's your boy. That's your boy, uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross too, man. They're my boys. Yeah, yeah sure. I don't know. All right. I'll I take like them. To- I like the fact that they drew him with the fingers of someone who would have a great command of the piano, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got these, like, they've drawn them very painstakingly in a way that you're like, yeah, that guy, that guy can probably really, you know, really, me- you know, he can mess up a lot of stuff, but like he mess up a piano pretty good. <laughs> you know? um, and uh, that was one thing that, I, that, st- that stuck out to me for some reason. That's and the animation, of course, for Pixar has become some ridiculous next level. Even onward has, has beautiful uh, uh, scenery in it. Uh, uh, but they, they're doing stuff with lights and shading and all this other stuff. That's just, uh, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are plenty of places you can hear me uh, talk about soul, other podcasts, that kind of thing. I think what I'll focus on here is just to say, are we ready for Pixar to do a movie where they aren't catering to the entire family? Are we ready for Pixar to go next level and just be like, this one's just for adults. Yes. We're not going to throw in the wacky side yes. characters. We're not going to throw in the... We're ready. The is Pixar yes. ever going to do that? Though? That's what I mean. Yes. The, the we in this case is, you know, Pixar themselves, the world, the, you know, culture. Um, I hope so, because I, I think that's the only the only way to kind of go next level on this for them as a company is to go, you know what? We don't just have to do uh, the broad spectrum appeal that we, we have been able to do. Now, the fact that they can do that so well, obviously they should continue to do that as, as much as they can. Um, and, you know, this this movie is, a, I think, another example that they can still hit it out of the park. This I think this is, a you know, Inside Out, Coco. There are several recent original films that I think they, they really nailed. So you're saying you want um, them to but, go into porn? I uh, know. Yeah, no. I'm just thinking, yeah, I'm just thinking, where is the adult... <laughs> Industry, I would love to see uh, computer generated right now. The first so. few minutes of Up shows that they can handle an adult story and relationship without having right. to do cutesy magic things. And I would love to see them put out a drama. I don't think they're ever going to do it, partly because they're owned by Disney. Yeah, I don't know. And partly because their reputation is such that they would have to literally market the shit out of the fact that this is not for your kids. Um uh, maybe the, the yeah. and if they make something that is for adults, but you can bring your kids to it, that would be a minor miracle um, because kids need. I, I just a lot more stimulation. <laughs> yeah, no, I just think there's a version of this movie that could have been that for them. You I know, see there's that. A, the version of this this movie that could have been closer to that. Obviously, there's there's stuff ingrained in here that is you know for the younger set. Um, but I don't know. It's just it's one of those things that I think about sometimes and. 
um, you know, obviously as, as much as I'm, you know, fanboy out about their stuff, uh, I have a lot of respect for their talent. Pete Doctor, I'm so glad he's running the place now. Uh, like he, he just has this real ability to think um, abstractly mm. about their themes and what they're doing and, you know, to do Inside Out and Soul. Even the Monsters, Inc. Uh, movies are, you know, have a lot of this, too. Um, I just I'm, I'm glad he's he's kind of pressing the buttons there right now. Well, I think one thing that also could get lost in this is when we say adult, we don't necessarily mean R rated or anything like. That. Oh, no. Yeah, like, no, not necessarily. Uh, like, uh, you know, the I was thinking of, uh, you know, a straight story with uh richard farnsworth that's that's a kind of right. you have a movie like that where yeah again i think the the sort of heart of your question was is do they can they do a movie without the wacky characters that come in and right blah 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 blah, blah. like i i feel like like the movies that you mentioned soul inside out and uh and coco all have this they're in this other world right where like and then mm -hmm. and they always run into these uh you know hey i've been here i've been down in this one room for five thousand years I and mean, you know <laughs> right. and crazy my and, name's bing bong yeah so um uh, we're your dogs but now we're dragons i, I yeah, think they could the they would have to market it a certain way right they would have to but uh, I, yeah you're talking about disney here they 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 have that's all they do with yeah. the market so uh i've been looking at and we I think Jeremy and I talked about this after what Incredibles, uh, Ratatouille, or whatever. It was around that area where we thought that Pixar might start doing that, and that was 15 years ago. So yeah, uh, you know, maybe may, maybe not. May, I mean, I, you know, somebody's brought it up there. You'd have. I think you'd what have you may see happen is they might spin off a new division of Pixar and come up with. A, a, a subsidiary name that in itself says more adult yeah. oriented stories. Mm -hmm. And so it can mm -hmm. be Pixar continues doing the whole family stuff, but Pixar up all night does uh, adult <laughs> soft yeah, core exactly. porn. <laughs> Pix rated R. Yeah. Oh, exactly. there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Pixar stockings. Um, <laughs> Pixar, it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, nice. Uh, here's another animated movie that only Aaron and I have seen. It is Wolf Walkers. Oh, yes. Um, what did you think about this movie, Aaron? I, I loved it. I think it's gorgeous. I love the animation style. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's some, you know, uh, beautiful things uh, being said here uh, about the father-daughter relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, also about the idea of how we interact with nature and you know what that means. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't think it's um, I don't think there's necessarily anything groundbreaking here. It just does what it does so beautifully. And it's, it's so fun to watch. Exactly. So, it's kind yeah. of got a Kubo and the uh, two strings. Yeah. Kind of, two strings. Yeah. Uh, kind of a feel to it and hmm. uh, everything where there's a, there's a, it's, it's real life, but there's this mystical, you know, there's this mystical side to it. If you're, if you're willing to go out and explore, um, mm -hmm. uh, the, the very basic, uh, story is that there are these, uh, I guess you would, I guess you have to call them werewolves, right? They're werewolves, uh, that live in the yeah, forest. I mean, they're wolves yes. to everybody, I guess, they I, I, to the humans. They, I don't think they know that there's humans transforming into werewolf into wolves. Right. But uh, but they're about to uh, smash down the forest and, you know, expand the kingdom. Uh, and one of the uh, uh, 
one of the soldier's daughters goes out into the woods and encounters uh, someone around her same age who is a wolf. And uh, she starts to this, uh, the main, the main character or one of, you know, the, the main human character starts realizing she has some of this in her as well. Um, and, uh, and so they, they start this friendship and everything. And mm-hmm. the, uh, the one, the, the one wolf girl, her mom has her, she said that her mom has gone out to, I don't know, find help or find her. I can't remember what it was that there was that she went out to go to, to go find, but the, uh, the human, uh, girl finds out that her mom's been, uh, uh, kid, like not kidnapped, but caught is caught and is in a cage in the Mm -hmm. castle. And, uh, she has to prove to this girl that yes, her mom, I saw your mom in the castle. She's not out where you think she is. So there's a lot of that going on, but yeah, I thought this was really good too. I, I, this is just one of those, uh, uh, you know, in a world full of this computer animation and everything. And for all I know, this was computer animated too, but I'm sure there's some, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but it, but in a world where there's that, there's that glossy sheen of 3d animation and everything, it's good to see one every once in a while. That's not, uh, that doesn't do that, you know? So I thought this was good. Yeah. Um, feels like there was another animated movie, but I can't remember. Oh, animal, animal crackers. Oh, um, Hey, we like that one. We, we know that one. <laughs> Uh, we, it finally got a release, right? We had been, uh, uh, talking to Scott Saba for, uh, what years. Is it, three years now. <laughs> yeah. About that. Mm-hmm. It had that, uh, you know, it had that, uh, it's gone through a lot of ups and downs that we've heard about. And, uh, there was, I remember after we did the first interview with him, there were a lot of people who were inter- really interested in watching this movie and they would come on Facebook and they say, I see the release date on blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, eh, well, don't know what to tell you. It's, it's a real, they throw those up there every once in a while. doesn't mean that it's going to actually come out. And of course then it wouldn't, it, the date would come, come and go. And, uh, and everything. And I remember we did a preview once a spring preview and they're like, you forgot animal crackers. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, we, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, finally it came out and, uh, thank God, man, <laughs> it finally came out and, uh, this is a, this is a fun movie. I think it's for much younger people. Like it's like, it's not, it's not, I don't, I don't know. It's not like, um, what would you say? It, it's not like, it's not like adults, I guess adults can really enjoy this too. Sure. But it feels like it feels like for your kid, your your average kid, like is is you know your your older like twelve year old kids or whatever may not may not respond to this. It's a little bit it's a little bit younger than that maybe. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, magical animal crackers, man! It turned you into animals. Holy unique, it's, it's, yeah, holy unique animation. Excellent voice cast. Um, if you do want to hear more in depth stuff. Uh, with us and uh, and the director Scott, uh, you can look at episode one thirty or episode and or episode two thirty nine, uh, where we talked to Scott after it came out. Just to let you know. Oh, wow! All right, everybody, it is time to talk about BetterHelp. Yeah, it is. Better it's BetterHelp. It's BetterHelp. It I tell you what, uh, and I want to hear from Aaron about this too. Yeah, but uh, it, I I just want to say real briefly we talk about the service and the platform and stuff like that, but I also want to mention how really, really good these counselors are. Uh, These are not, 
you know, just folks they've plucked off the street and said, Hey, you want to get into a, <laughs> into a computer is what I was going to say. Like Zoolander, like the files are in the computer. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, you want to get in front of a computer and talk to people. No, these people, um, are very trained. Uh, they're very astute. And, uh, I had an experience like that fairly recently where, uh, something was drawn out of me that I wasn't even expecting. So, um, <clears throat> BetterHelp as a service is fantastic, uh, but the the licensed professional counselors that they hire are top notch. And just wanted to mention that. Yeah, I I was really appreciative of something Jeremy said a lot, which is you don't have to feel like you need therapy to benefit from therapy. And mm-hmm. uh, when I started using BetterHelp and found a great counselor, somebody to to talk with, I wasn't in a place where I was at the end of my rope or in you know desperate need of something. But I still find it very, very beneficial. And, you know, we talk about whatever's happening in my life. It gives me – there's something about – I think this is one of the really beautiful things about therapy for me. There's really something beautiful about just saying things out loud instead yeah, of just is. thinking them. Yeah, and that yeah. is – and a lot of people don't realize – you think you're processing things in your head. But when you say them out loud, it's a whole – to another human being, it's a whole different level of understanding what you think, how you feel, what you believe. So that's been very evident to me is this idea of just actually putting words in the air actually helps to clarify a lot of how I feel and and what I'm going through. So no matter where you're at on that level, you might be at the end of your rope. You might not, whatever the case may be, I think you will benefit from having just somebody to talk to where there's just that freedom to put words out in the air and then deal with what those words actually mean to you as you say them. So, yeah, yeah, man, that's good stuff. Like we've all heard the phrase, like, you know, you need a sounding board, right? Mm -hmm. I have a a friend that pre pandemic, we would do lunch, you know, once a week or so, and we know each other really well. And we're able to even stop each other and go, are you doing this because of this or this? And it's helpful. It's beneficial to get that stuff out. Like Aaron is saying, therapy is like that times 10, or yeah, more. Right. <laughs> because yeah. these people are trained, they've gone to school for this. It's not just somebody who's like, I think I'd be good helping people. These people know what they're doing. They're professional sounding boards and they know how to direct not only the conversation, but your line of thought. Like Barrett was saying, something pulled out of him that he wasn't even expecting. Um, that is what you get uh, with these level of professionals. Yeah, man. So it's all from the privacy of your own home. It's all, you know, laptop, computer, PC, tablet, phone. Uh, you schedule everything on there. You message your counselor on there. You have live chats, video chats, text chats. Everything is on your counseling page, what they call a counseling room on BetterHelp.com. So if you go to BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash syncast you get 10 percent off your first month do use that month really really use that month all you do is you sign up you log in you answer a few questions about what's going on in your life you get matched to a counselor they contact you within 24 hours bob's your uncle fanny's your aunt and you're on your way and to counseling land and use that first month wisely because it's Good stuff, man. Go to betterhelp.com slash syncast. Cannot stress this enough. Whether you're in Aaron's boat, whether you're in my boat, whether you're in somebody else's boat altogether, whether you're in a different ocean, just try it. Betterhelp.com slash syncast. All right. Uh, let's get back into the Oscars. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. 
Mm. Um, which is sort of the shoe in Chadwick Boseman, uh, best actor win. Uh, uh, and he is great in this, although I, I still feel like he's a supporting actor more than he's a, he's a lead actor in this, but who knows how that's so interesting that, yeah, the category, I mean, people say category fraud, which is a little extreme for my taste, but, um, (laughs) the, the, the idea of like, uh, Judas and the black Messiah has both of its main actors nominated for Oscars in supporting actor. Right what yeah (laughs) how does that work yeah uh so yeah it's it's always weird that's clearly incorrect yes um but uh this movie plays out like like a stage play uh i don't know was it a stage play before it got indeed it was yes yes it was uh i forget his name same uh same guy that did fences but uh it's it's about these musicians who are uh going these i guess they're the backup band to ma rainey played by viola davis who's uh incredible as always mm-hmm. i mean just uh, just commands the screen like no other um and she's late uh to the to the party so there is time for these musicians uh I I guess most of them are much older and Chadwick Boseman come is a much younger musician and he has different ideas about what, what to do. Uh, he wants to play, he wants to play this Ma Rainey's black bottom song a way different from they, from what everybody wants, including Ma Rainey herself. Um, and, uh, and, everybody's like you're never gonna get her to do this there's no way but she's like it's like these 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 producers thought this was a better idea this was a better way to do it and everything and this chadwick boseman's character is got this huge belief in these producers it's so fucking uh heartbreaking tragic all the way through tragic oh my god it's so every time he brings them up you're like dude no god you're going into a you're just you're just you're running into traffic right now it's oh my god um but he keeps saying that you know the producer's this the producer's that i'm gonna be a big musician i gave them my songs and they're gonna they're gonna we're gonna do something with them and everything and um but his his sort of you know his sort of um manner it rubs the older guys the wrong way and it gets into this whole like there's a lot of like uh there's a lot of like very just like uh white knuckle arguments in this movie uh and everything. I thought it was really well done. This is just one of those that commands your attention from the minute it starts. Yeah, it's uh August Wilson is uh August the Wilson. playwright. Yep. Uh August Wilson. Chadwick Boseman and uh Viola Davis and uh the the lady that plays her girlfriend are all fantastic in this. Mm-hmm. Um I do want to shout out Coleman Domingo who played Yes, uh, in Euphoria, yes. uh, as uh, Rue's mentor or sponsor, uh, especially in that special episode that they did, uh, he is. I, I said that before. He's the glue of this movie. I think he's the glue of the band. He's the glue of he. He wants to play both sides. Like he he wants to keep the musicians happy, but he also wants to keep Ma happy and the producers happy. Uh, I love this movie. I absolutely adore this movie. I hate the ending. I hate mm. this ending. I understand this ending. It's interesting, but I hate right? It. Uh, yeah. 
It's interesting because it almost feels like the ending of the movie tells you it's about something that it didn't seem to be about the whole time, like, yep. uh, especially character wise. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. this is Ma Rainey's movie and the ending's like, well, was it Ma Rainey's movie? And it's like, well, yeah, no, I'm with you. There's something about the ending that uh, that is a little off in this, um, but I really do enjoy it. Honestly, if if I were the one picking uh, best a- uh, uh, best female actor performance uh it would be viola davis for me i think mm. she is astounding yeah, she in is. this movie oh yeah um, when she I, breaks when she breaks her facade it, it's it's oh. it's absolutely glorious you know when she mm-hmm. can talk to yeah. coleman domingo's character without the the pretense of how she has to talk to these producers to get her record done Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's beautiful. There's some beautiful moments. It really is. I I think she's she's great in it. That that alone makes it worth a watch for me. And in addition to that, there's some really. Uh, I mean, the the Bozeman performance is also alone. You know, worth the the watch for this one. Um, it's just there's just a lot of great stuff mm-hmm. here. When, Barrett, when you say you don't like the ending, is it the is it the the major action that happens at the end of this movie. Yes. Okay. At the very, very end. Yeah. But not the, not the sort of the coda where basically no. the producers are stealing his music essentially. Oh, that, I thought you were talking about the, coda. no, 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 okay. no. I'm talking about okay. the major event, uh, that, that comes out of nowhere and is essentially glossed over. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. I just, yeah. that, that doesn't bother me as that, much, but I that get it. doesn't make the major event does not make sense to me. The producers doing what they do totally makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. Okay. so, so yeah, it's, it's, there's, there's just an aspect of that that took me completely out of the movie, but you know, everything leading up to that is absolutely genius. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Um, Aaron, you're going to be a one man band where nobody gets hurt. All right, let's do it. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the father, um, a oh, movie that was... I've been hearing about for about a month now. Uh, and yeah. here it is great, but I have not, none of us, none of the other of us have gotten the chance to see it. So yeah, six nominations, best picture included. Um, it is worth it to watch for the Hopkins performance. He is astounding in it. Uh, this is a movie that is not only about, the idea of, you know, what it means to grow old and to, um, you know, deal with dementia, those kind of things. But it allows you as the uh, it allows you as the audience to experience that in a way that I don't think I've ever seen in another movie. Um, so uh, so, yeah, I think I think it's well worth it. It's very creative uh, in the way that that it approaches the topic and and all that. Hmm. So. 
Hmm. Despite Barrett's eye rolling, no, I, no, no. I, I, it, so I was I, doing that up until you mentioned dementia, and then I was like, "Oh, that's not." I've <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I have never seen a. I'll just give you an example of one of the things the movie does, and it does different examples of this throughout. But it's very early on. Uh, we are from Anthony Hopkins' perspective. And a character that we know in the first scene as his uh, caretaker is now approaching him as um, his daughter. Oh. And he can't figure it. He can't figure it out. Like he like and it's a different actress. Um, so it's uh, it really puts you in the mindset of how confusing and frustrating and horrible and traumatic it must be to experience that kind of stuff. Oh. Um, and he's fabulous. And he is fabulous. That's interesting. In so, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And then this one, I, I mean, this has got four nominations, but for, I think a lot of technical stuff, news of the world, um, is the second Tom Hanks movie to come out this year. Now, <laughs> what, a, uh, what a year Tom Hanks had, right? Uh, diagnosed with COVID early on one of the first major, yeah. uh, stars, the, to, to get it. And then he's got two movies that come out. One's Greyhound. And then this one, well, Three, if you include Borat. Oh, that's true. Uh, that's true. So. That's true. Oh, the Borat thing is pretty funny. Central role. Yeah. Central role. Uh, uh, go ahead. Yeah. New, news of the news of the world is one that it's okay that you just get around to it when you get around to it. Mm -hmm. um, I think you might find something valuable or interesting there. Hanks is always great, but I, I this isn't one I would full throatedly be like, you have to see this right now. Um, uh, it, it's really wonderfully done. It is very much a Western. Mm -hmm. So, you know, however you feel about Westerns is going to, you know, play a lot here. Um, but he's great in it as he is in pretty much everything he does. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, you get around to it. I think the, the thing for me on this was I was kind of hoping maybe you can't make a movie about this, but I was kind of hoping this would be more about his job than it would, was about him trying to find, parents for this kid that he's found right and right. and so i i was i was sitting there going it would be nice if he was going around to all these different places like the the scene where he's talking about um what was it is it the bridge or something i can't remember what it is but he's telling these these people about what's happening uh around mm -hmm. them and they get all pissed off and and uh and it's almost one of those blame the messenger type things. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And it, and, and it does a, it does a good job of showing what he has to deal with and how he has to calm everybody down and, and, uh, and things like that. So that he doesn't get hurt and all this, but I was kind of hoping it was more about that than, than, uh, what it was. Nobody ever uses the phrase fake news, but they sure do wink at it. <laughs> like they're, 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 yeah. There are whole scenes where it's like, no, read our version of the news, newsreader. <laughs> it's like, okay. Um, let's get back into it. Uh, let's talk about Borat, subsequent movie film. Yeah. Speaking of Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah speaking yes. of Tom Hanks. He's <laughs> yeah. so involved in this film. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we, we joke, but for me, now, I don't like this movie as much as uh, a lot of people do. Um, mm. But what I do love about this movie is how clever it it plots itself around what have must have been a crazy shooting experience because this movie was i think intended to be about something 
uh, other than what it became about when the pandemic started. And so the way it plays all of that together and actually is really uh, a clever twist at the end. I, I thought that was genius. I thought that was really smart. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. They, they storied it. Uh, you mean the actual narrative is such yeah. as it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah such yeah. as it is. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I fairly enjoyed this. Uh, I think because of the first movie and the surprise that it has uh, involved with it, uh, I, I didn't like it as much because the second time around of Borat is – you know, at this point, you've got a whole bunch of Sasha Baron Cohen stuff in your head already. Uh, you have the Borat, you have you have Bruno, which is the same as Borat, only a different character. Um, and then this comes along. Uh, but no, there were some pretty clever things in this. Um, here's a question. Do you think in the Rudy Giuliani scene, he should have allowed it to go farther than it did? I don't know if there's legal ramifications. That's that's like as far as like putting your workers in danger. Like mm -hmm. I, I I think there is. So I think my answer is no, based on that. And I think that that's how he's explained it too. Is that there was a right. moment where he had to make a decision about the protection of the people involved in you know the production, and I think that's right. And you have to yeah. you have to figure out what what is the intention of that scene. Mm -hmm. Is it to expose um you know giuliani's hypocrisy and oh hypocrisy stupidity right and stuff like that yes. well that's what i'm getting <laughs> to actually or mm -hmm. is it to literally get him in a gotcha moment literally with his pants down mm -hmm. um and if if you did i hate to say this would anything have changed from what people take away from that i mean he could say, well, I always drop my pants to, to tuck my shirt in. It would have always yeah, been yeah. that kind of excuse, right? It would have been, right, right, right. I always yes, do this. It, I always do that. Doesn't yeah, mean anything. Exactly. So I um, think I think it, it you're right. You're both right. Uh, I think it could have gone on farther, but I think the end result would have been the same uh, of of how that is portrayed. It really put me through sort of a moral quandary because mm -hmm. uh, I – I was sitting there thinking, because after this scene was leaked online and everything, uh, a lot of people came out and said, why does he come in and br burst down the door so quickly? Like, you know, he could have really gotten him in something. And then I was just like, yeah, but do you, do you, how far do you really want this to go? Like, you're really like, this is not something they're signing up for. Um, how far does it have to go before you, before you break in too? Like, where's right. the limit? Um, I, I eventually got on that side too. Like, just like, no, he, he burst in at the appropriate time and, uh, and yeah, got, he's and making a this movie. In the butt. He's yeah. not, a he's not investigating prostitution or anything like that. Um, <laughs> right. he's making a movie. Well, just, I mean, I'm not, not to be glib, but it reminds me of that scene in the wire where McNulty goes way too far, mm -hmm. <laughs> allowing a scene to go on with some potential prostitutes, uh, and ultimately has to weasel his way out of trouble for it because he should have stopped it way before that. But they also didn't mm -hmm. have the, my point is, yeah, he's not, he's not that he's not a cop investigating crimes. He's making a movie and he, he has to protect that, that crew. Uh, I haven't not seen the movie. I still think he made the right choice. I have seen that clip. He got exactly what he wanted out of that too. He got exactly yep. what he needed 
from that scene. And, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, that was one of the things that I thought was, uh, was an interesting, uh, I don't know. There's not one, there's not one movie out of this year where you have that kind of question that comes up, um, where, is it your responsibility to change real world events in any way by doing the things that you're doing? And so, um, but yeah, ultimately I, I like this and this is, uh, and this got an Oscar for what's her name. What's her name? Maria, Maria Bakova. Yeah. Um, that's right. Well-deserved. She's, re- she's terrific in this. Um, uh, I think it's, I think it's hard to like, just find somebody quote unquote, right off the street and tell them, here's a movie where you're going to have to act a certain way and you might get in trouble for it. Uh, and, and you, uh, you can never let in on the fact that this is a joke to the people that you're, you're doing this with and everything. That's gotta be tremendously difficult. Yeah. Um, well, even, even Sasha Baron Cohen, I don't want to belabor it, but I, I really enjoyed this movie too. I don't think any, this, this type of movie, uh, or these types of movies will ever be m- made again. I think they will be copied, but I don't think anyone will have the commitment that Sasha Baron Cohen has. He had to wake up in character, wake up in character mm-hmm. when he was staying with those truthers yeah. and not give away his identity. Oh Imagine God. that like before your coffee, before your whatever, before you go pee, you have to say, Oh yeah. I'm Borat Sagdiev <laughs> to these guys and keep it up for, I think he was there for like a week or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is nearly impossible. I think you have to have somebody with the commitment and the talent that he has to pull that off. I think this movie for me is working when it is being uh, clever and insightful in scenes uh, like the crisis pregnancy center uh, mm-hmm. in seeing, you know, that stuff with the eating the baby from the cake is so smart. Uh, mm. It's just so it's working on a clever level and then working on this other subversive level. And I think it's least working for me when it's just cringe, when it's just them, you know, dancing and she's on her period or, you know, whatever the, you know, the, the cringiest parts of, of this movie where it's just I understand there's some there's also some, uh, you know, some layers going on there as well. But it seems to me that the the emotion of it is just to make you like, oh, I can't believe they did this. And and I even think some of that stuff with the truthers borders into cringe as well. And that's the stuff where I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I'm not on it. I see what you mean. But the other stuff is, I think, really clever and funny. Um, Well, he does capture some really uh, like one of the best lines uh, in that that one of the best lines comes from the truthers because they they say it in such an unironic fashion when Borat is, is sitting there on the computer and he, he finds these news stories and they're like, no, don't believe that. Those, those are, that's conspiracy theories and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, these guys are <laughs> yeah. Deeply into QAnon. And, and so that was one of my favorite parts, you know, but listening to how a movie like this is made, it sounds almost like the way the movie is made is more interesting than the movie itself. Yeah, it's like Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, Where you talk about this, you talk about this waking up in character thing. There was a couple of videos online. One about how when he comes up to sing at that uh, rally, uh, how people in the audience really did find. You know, they really did find out that it was him. That's in the movie. 
they really did find out that was Borat. But what we didn't see was how close he was to actually getting into a bad incident on that. And it shows him in the trailer, just kind of like, like locking, keeping that door locked and everything. And like, all right, we got, we need to go. We need to go. We need to go. Um, and then there's another video online of the cops running into them on the, on the, on a, a, like a side of the street in Georgia and them trying to figure out what's going on and everything. And they're like, I think this is a Borat movie. I don't know. Like they're not like, they, uh, there's a lot of like, really, I think the, if there was a way to do it, to figure out how to do a making of one of these, I think that would be way more fascinating yeah. than the movie itself. I agree. Um, let's go on. Let's, let's, uh, let's move around, uh, to something we've all seen. This is going to be completely random, random, but, uh, let's go to happiest season. Oh, mm. okay. Mm. I mm. fucking hated this movie. Nice. Wow. Talk about it. Oh wow. my God. I <laughs> fucking hated this movie so much. I, is it possible to hate Mackenzie Davis? I hated her. I hated her character. <laughs> How is it possible to hate Mackenzie Davis? Mm. Um, mm. And, and yes, the movie comes in with it's like this last minute thing. We're like, well, just imagine what it was like being in her family all this time. And she was, a, she had to deny her, you know? I, yeah, I get that. I get that. But this movie didn't have to happen um the 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 fact that oh they were having such a good time at the beginning of the movies i'll just invite you to my parents place and forget everything about what that entails and then on the way there say oh by the way i never told my parents about you fuck you i hate this movie so much (laughs) (laughs) oh did you like dan levy at all yeah but he's not enough to save it uh yeah i talked about this at length in a previous podcast and i i don't really like the story um i don't really like how it wraps up so neatly um there's a lot of fans that think she should have ended up with aubrey plaza and i don't like that either Um, i (laughs) i i think a more realistic thing would either be the family start coming around sooner um, or they don't end up together at the end, but to, to have the family come around at the very end and they end up together at the end, it, it's a little wish fulfillment for me. And maybe that's okay um, for the, the particular people telling the story. Or l- many of them are gay, and I certainly don't have any understanding of what that's like. But uh, I, I, I agree with you that you didn't, you know, even if even if it is a real situation for some people. In their home to not be able to come out to their parents uh, as early as they would want. Uh, the movie didn't need to be made. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I agree with you on that front. <clears throat> I was just I was just upset by that the whole way they decided to build the foundation for this movie. Uh, it would have been a little bit better had the parents been coming to her place or you know something of that something that changes that a little bit so that. Mackenzie Davis isn't constantly having to do this. Um, I don't know what, what, whatever her character's doing to try to prevent the fact that prevent the parents from ever figuring it out and everything. So yeah. uh, there so. have been for years and years, so many heteronormative 
BS holiday movies that, you know, uh, it's it's time for a non-heteronormative BS holiday. This is this is exactly <laughs> what these movies do. Like, yeah, and mm-hmm. they have been around forever. Um, I uh, I I didn't hate it as much as Chris. Uh, I I like these humans uh, uh, as far as uh, actors, and and I had some fun with them. But I totally agree. So much of it is is nonsense, and the ending for me is just terrible. It's just all bows, mm-hmm. they're all wrapped up pretty for you, um, and it just loses so much authenticity for me in doing that um so yeah i'm I'm with you maybe not as extreme but uh but yes everybody should have their chance to have a bs holiday movie uh made about their lives so Mm -hmm. yeah um along those lines the movie uncle frank deals with the same thing it does Uh, much more authentically though i think (laughs) much more authentically yes uh this has the has a funeral that brings the family together mm-hmm. uh in this uh Paul Bettany having quite the year himself um in this uh uh I, I this this was definitely a lot more authentic and I, I like this a lot better um um the and there's 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 a I don't know there's a I guess there's a more to me there's a more believable reason for him to uh keep it a secret than there there is in happiest season um especially considering uh, you're dealing with a different era as well you know yeah oh, and yeah. and a different uh geological location you know mm-hmm. like, there are two main reasons why it makes a little more sense in this context yeah uh sophia lillis is terrific i think i i'm looking forward to seeing her in in uh you know i i feel like the of the the I feel like she's got a real career ahead of her. Yeah, she does. Um, uh, she's, she's terrific in this. Um, uh, and, uh, and, you know, Steven Root, he's not in it that much really. Uh, but his presence is felt, uh, in uncle Frank, um, uh, quite a bit. And he once again proves he's, I don't know if Steven Root is underrated, but he is certainly, one of our best actors that I don't think gets enough credit Mm -hmm. a lot of times. And his, um, his discussion with his son after he discovers, uh, it it, like this is back in the forties or whatever, when he discovers his son with his, his boyfriend in bed, uh, is heartbreaking. Um, uh, when he tells, when he tells him off, but then the, the camera sort of, sticks on Steven Root after Paul, you know, after his character, after his son has left and it shows how much it hurts him to say the things that he's saying, uh, in this and everything. I, I just thought that was a great scene. Steven Root's fantastic in this. I think everybody's really good in this. Uh, Steve's on in, in, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of in a, a little role. I mean, he's there throughout the movie, but, um, you know, plays an interesting part. Uh, I loved the relationship uh, between Frank and Wally. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought was was really well done. There's also a, a lot of authenticity here, uh, as opposed to what we were just talking about, in the fact that it it doesn't it doesn't wrap everything up in a bow. Uh, it mm-hmm. doesn't uh, allow everything to be perfect, and but it it does allow for some growth, some redemption, and uh, some real tragedy as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this one's going to go under the radar for a lot of people uh, because it's not getting Oscar buzz. It's um, 
you know, it, it's going to be one of those that just kind of gets missed in the shuffle. And uh, that's mm-hmm. unfortunate because I think there's some really good stuff here. Uh, let's talk about, uh, I'm going to go through a string of movies we've all seen here. Let's start with Palm Springs. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. A uh, tremendous surprise that came out in the summer. Um, was it on uh, Amazon or Hulu? Hulu. It was on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it took forever for that Groundhog Day uh, premise to become a viable genre for other movies. It, I, I think it, I think for the longest time, sort of like how Blair Witch Project was, they people were like afraid to do this because it's so groundhog day that they that people would just be like oh that's groundhog day but people have come up with some really really good offshoots in fact i don't think i've seen a terrible one yet and there's another Ooh. one that's on right now it has Catherine newton um and what's uh what is that movie do you know what that movie is aaron that i'm talking about Catherine newton um, from nice yeah. Uh, I know there's a there's a bad Jonathan Taylor Thomas Christmas movie like this. It was a TV movie. No, that's oh, an wow. oxymoron. There are no bad Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> JTT movies. is the world. The uh, the map. <laughs> the uh, the movie is called The Map of Tiny Perfect Things. That oh came yeah yeah out, yeah yeah. Uh, and it's got it's got that same uh, premise. Uh, and it's not. It's not like the best or anything, but it's it's still good. It's a, a premise is solid, um, but uh, but Palm Springs, this is this one hit me by surprise. I was not expecting this to be uh, as good as it was, and I uh, I I I, 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 I Andy Samberg and uh, Kristen Kristen man, God, I love her. I love them so much um in this and that's a that's a that's a great pairing and i love everything about this go let's talk about palm springs this movie is is legitimately great um i don't know how it's great i know that the like you said the the groundhog day thing uh or or time loop thing is a great concept but even Happy Death Day, which we all, I think, enjoy, mm-hmm. I don't think, and Edge of Tomorrow, which we all love, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think they've come anywhere close to this because it covers everything. It covers the comedy of it. It covers the hopelessness of it. It covers the relationships, and it covers the the the, the, the physics of it. And the lies, Barrett. It covers the lies. Yeah, <laughs> yes. no, Yeah, well, there is a little bit of contrived, you know, romantic uh, thing. But... I mean, for having such a crazy small cast of essentially, you know, three main characters, uh, uh, all of whom Aaron and I got to chat with a little yeah. bit on uh, one of these uh, <laughs> fancy uh, things that he does as a critic, and he invited me. So uh, J.K. Simmons is so good in this. J.K. Simmons has not only a great humorous part, a great humorous part, especially mm-hmm. when he says, you want to party? And then that <laughs> shit goes crazy. But he also has the most poignant movie uh, moment of the movie, I think. And uh, this, this movie will hit you on a billion different levels. Was not like you, Chris, I was not prepared uh, for how much this tickled my uh, f- bits. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's as far you're, 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 uh, you're improving Barrett. you're improving it could have been worse uh, i yeah. i love this movie 
Uh, it is absolutely uh, one of my favorites of the year. Um, I'm about, you know, Aaron's about to get on his train again, but this movie is about <laughs> something. Like this, true, true. <laughs> like this movie is about wrestling with what commitment to another person means for your life. And it does it in such a perfect metaphorical way. The idea of marriage being living the same thing over and over with the same person, you know, mm. like that, like it, it is, it is really a beautiful look at that stuff. And that that's always going to tip a movie uh, on the scales for me. So um, I enjoyed it. I also have, um, they sent me the, the grand mm. uh, Sabre beer. I have four beers here from Palm Springs. So next time we're together, um, mm. you yeah, know, I bet that shit will taste us, so. really fresh by then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's been through like a hot, a hot moving van. That's and then an like awesome a cold thing. <laughs> little, that's an awesome gift that they sent you. That yeah. Cool. That is yeah. Cool. It's from Mexico. Yeah. yeah. That's all. That's all I got. The, the, uh, yeah. Palm Springs is great. All right. Moving on to, Hamilton. Oh, uh-huh. this shit is weird that it even counts, but I guess it does. Mm-hmm. We don't have, have to, to talk that. about it much. We've talked a lot about Hamilton. We've all seen I mean, the play. Great. So good. Yeah, we've all seen the we've all seen it on stage, and then it came out on Disney Plus. Um, and, and we finally got to see the original actors on on this. Yes, uh, which is uh, which is something that I don't think any of us had experienced. So <laughs> it was uh, it was an interesting. Uh, uh you know experience to see that i was like a lot of people like to point out the the whoever played the king like they were like you can see his sweat it's yeah. awesome you can see his sweat you know the all spit. That. Anyway. it's the yeah, spit uh, it's amazing the, spit. the trailers yeah. right before uh recording this uh sunday the trailers came out for lynn manuel's uh in the heights movie with mm-hmm. the, uh the crazy rich asians director i forget his name john something oh, he's yeah. directing it that makes mm-hmm. me want to see an actual filmed adaptation of hamilton um because i i think it, with the right decisions on what to keep and what to excise uh, in making that transition uh that movie could be really really cool but anyway yeah hamilton's mm-hmm. awesome john m chu is the director there you go Thank uh, you. the the revelation of seeing this um on disney plus was not only to reignite the excitement that I've only I've only seen this one. Well, no, I guess twice. Yeah, <laughs> on mm-hmm. stage, uh, and Lin Manuel Miranda is terrific, obviously, and it's his baby. But the revelations are Leslie Odom Jr., who's also in uh, One Night in Miami, Philippa Sue, and seeing David Diggs David. in his oh. glory mm-hmm. is something that God. I mean. It it's so good when you see like perfection. It's just like God. What can you do, man? I've seen three other people play that those roles on stage, and then I saw him, and I was like, Oh, they're all only (laughs) nailing one of the things he does. He's nailing five different things, but each of them is just good at doing one David thing. Uh, He is a singular talent, man. That guy's going. Uh, to the moon i uh, can't wait yeah. to see where he goes i do want to mention you mentioned uh king george jonathan groff um just because i don't know when i'll get a, an opportunity to shout it out and recommend it to you guys if you haven't gotten around to seeing mind hunter uh which jonathan groff is in it's a david fincher tv show 
It is so good, and I can't believe more people don't love this show or love on this show. So, anyways, Jonathan Groff okay. reminded me of that. Um, we can briefly talk about Showbiz Kids. Uh, the um, God, who was the director? Alex Winter uh, did mm-hmm. this one. Good doc. Um, uh, very good doc. Uh, yeah, talk about it. Oh, I uh, I only saw it the once, uh, and it it made me uncomfortable, much the same way watching parts of that um britney spears documentary did and just mm-hmm. the, the way that's the amount of pressure that's put on child actors uh the the, the one that sticks with me the most is evan rachel wood talking about wanting mm-hmm. to just go play yep. and they wouldn't let her go play they were like mm-hmm. no you're, you're an actress now you have to be serious about this and that broke my heart and it's a story that i think is all too common and uh it's 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 insightful and i think you should check it out if you haven't seen it yeah. yeah, Henry Henry Thomas is a revelation in that too. Mm-hmm. You know, really, you know, this sound like an old man. This generation doesn't really realize who Henry Thomas is, but Henry Thomas was was the the hot shit man in mm-hmm. the '80s, and uh, you know the the fact that uh, you know he he saw it in real time. Obviously, not as devastating as Evan Rachel Wood, but. He saw it in real time where he was like, I'm going in for these roles and, you know, I've grown and everything. And they're like, no, we want 12 year old you. We don't yeah. want 16 year old you with a little wispy mustache. Yeah. yeah. They want, yeah. they want the child version of them, but they want the adult um, brain uh, from them. Uh, and, and, and yeah. And Mila Jovovich is the same thing, by the mm-hmm. way. She, it's, it's amazing to me that she can tell the stories that she told where it looks like it's not a big deal to her, mm. but it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's a big fucking deal. She's like, yeah, I dropped out. And then I ran away at 16 with this guy lived in mm. Paris for a while, got married. And it's like, it, hold on mm-hmm. <laughs> on one of those things. We should probably unpack some of this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know, everybody handles it in their own way. Well, and that's kind of part of the beauty of the doc, right? Is to see how, different it can be even though there's these threads of the same story you know everybody leads different lives even you know these child stars uh it really made me be like this should be like an annual series where they just get a new handful of because there are so many child stars who have these stories and we just you know we need to know the pain and the trauma that can come from our need for entertainment um some of these we don't have to go too much in depth then but uh, sonic the hedgehog um it was a movie that got a theatrical release and uh way more fun than you'd expected but it's also another one of those movies that didn't need to happen because mm-hmm. sonic is as fast as he is he doesn't need to have a road <laughs> trip with james marsden to go to san francisco and and win he there's, and, he um, just has to run to san francisco and go up the building and get the thing and then go <laughs> <laughs> well, Jim Carrey's having a blast and it's been a long time yes. since I've enjoyed him having a blast um, <clears throat> because yeah. I think he's often having a blast but I'm not enjoying what he's doing uh, but here I was just as giddy as he was and Ben yeah. Schwartz give Ben Schwartz all the projects uh, mm-hmm. I think he's great <laughs> yeah he's yeah, great definitely. Uh, earlier in the year The Gentleman which was Guy Ritchie coming back to his Lockstock oh. to Smoking Barrels genre and everything and this is another fun movie another fun movie um uh charlie hunnam uh but hugh grant steals this one 
Uh, absolutely. Uh, it was I Colin Farrell for me. Straight. Oh, what? Oh. What? Colin Farrell say? stole it for me. Oh, that's uh, a oh, good, yeah, Colin that's a good <laughs> one. But I, uh, actually, I will a lot admit, of stealers. Yeah. This is this felt a bit like Hangover 3 for me in that I just like, we're just playing the hits and I'm they're good hits. Uh but you know, I I feel like Lockstock and and um fuck Snatch Snatch are both superior um to this movie. Um but the style and the humor of those two movies is definitely back. Here. It's a, it's a different narrative, man. It's a different point of view. It's a different. It's not. Uh, it's a different storytelling. Yeah. It's about criminals and crime <laughs> gone wrong. People who cuss too much and people who fight and British thugs. That's oh come is. on. There's a McConaughey. <laughs> is he fucking British? No, Does he ain't. He doesn't make the movie good by his presence. Have you seen How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days? <laughs> Don't tell me who's in it. <laughs> I did not connect to this movie, uh, but I saw the same style and humor of his previous work. I just did not connect to this movie. Balderdash, Balderdash. This is a whole <laughs> different thing, especially, and, and I'll tell you why. It's because of Hugh Grant. He is the the little 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 thing, little little sprout in the engine that that mm. throws things mm. off a little bit because mm. of his storytelling device and because of his performance. And God, he is just talk about man chewing some scenery. He he's been waiting for this role. Well, I guess after Paddington too, he probably had a much clearer path of getting this. But he's been waiting for this type of role since like four weddings and a funeral. He's like, God, I'm sick of playing this already. This charming like dope type of thing. Uh, I want to play something really juicy. And he nails it. So you're wrong, Jeremy. I love mm. you, but you're wrong. <laughs> we have been having a problem in our minivan with engine sprouts. So if you can uh, yeah, let yeah. me know how to take care of those. He's the I sprout in the engine. That's going to be a thing. Aaron. <laughs> I, what... <laughs> I, I think this movie, for me, sings on its dialogue. I, I just think this is this is extremely well written, fun like uh, patter. That happens mm-hmm. in this. As far as a story structure and was I invested in what was happening? Not as much for me, but I really mm-hmm. did think the character work in the dialogue work in this was was really fun. And it lots it really sings. There's a lot of sparks here. So yeah. Um. So it's entertaining. Let me some Michelle Dockery too. Sure. Um. Another movie that got uh I guess a brief uh theatrical release, The Hunt. Uh, this was like right at pandemic, uh, mm-hmm, sure was a uh, uh, week or whatever for most people. Um, a movie that was supposed to come out uh, the previous in 2019. It was supposed to come out in like September or October, um, and then it got pushed back. And the rumor that it got pushed back was because oh, this is so upsetting the conservatives and everything that they didn't want to call it stir the pot or whatever but then it turns out it wasn't that at all it was just I, I can't even remember what the reason was it was like well they just needed more time or something i don't know you know it's interesting in hindsight hindsight as we have come through the rest of this year and mm-hmm. have literally had people uh storm the capital of the country right. uh, based on political uh beliefs uh, that we would look at something that, like this that got postponed because it portrayed, you know, possibly too much satire. It was too, you know, over the top. And then we come through this year and we go, 
okay, what was the satire we just lived through? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, so mm-hmm. it's, it's, re- I think this movie in hindsight is even more interesting uh, mm-hmm. when you go back and watch it because it speaks to something. And I think the movie does it very well where it speaks to that human element of tribalism and all that kind of stuff in a way that says this is the sure this is over the top but this is where that leans and this is kind of how that looks uh Mm. in the movie takes you know it's equal time with extremes uh on that idea so yeah i think i think this movie becomes more and more interesting the you know the further along we got in this year it's also hilarious yeah it's very funny oh betty gilpin is so good in this she grounds it with this deadpan humor uh, mm-hmm. that you don't typically see, uh, even in male macho led uh, action movies like this. I love it. I love mm-hmm. this movie. Uh, we got to see this early with the uh, Aaron's uh, screening, me and Chris and, and Aaron, and oh, it was yeah. it was too much fun. Right before Sunday, mm-hmm. yep. yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't. Yeah, this is a, a movie where I don't think anybody comes off uh, looking superior, really. No. Um. Uh. I, I think that when you hear the premise of liberals hunting conservatives, it sounds like oh, it, just based on that, it's uh, it's like this free for all or something like that. That uh, that if somebody's getting their fantasies, uh, you know, played out on screen or something like that, it's really not that at all. Um. And so, uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Betty Gilpin is another, I mean, this is a type of performance that would never get an Oscar nomination, but God, do I want it to get an Oscar nomination? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, then, uh, we have yes, God. Yes. That's another one that we've all seen. Um, uh, go for it. I think this movie is a caricature. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not uh, Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. And it's not and it's not the fault of Stranger Things. It's not the fault of uh uh homeboy that that played in Veep. It's the for, for a second I, there, I, I honestly was actually do not thought know. you were blaming Stranger Things. Not <laughs> I thought you know, not not um uh, Nat, Natalia Dyer. This uh, movie beats you over the fucking head with its stunt cock and i'm not having it it's not bad it's just come on we get Mm. it i I don't know as as somebody who has Mm. lived through uh versions of this like i I, there you're not you're not wrong that the tone of this is uh very stark there's a very stark tone to this movie that's like um a, a little bit satirical even though the movie itself doesn't fully embrace like the crazy over the topness that that it could and so yeah i think that tone disparity i I think i understand what you're saying but um i found it valuable i found it a a valuable kind of exploration of um just the what repression is and what it looks like and and those kind of things Mm. so i enjoyed it more than you for sure Mm. (laughs) this would be a good this would be a good triple feature with saved and teeth (laughs) <laughs> i don't know where it would go it would probably go first and then you have so. saved and then you do teeth 
Yeah, right. I uh, guess so. And I would I would wa- rather watch the other things. So like, okay, yeah, we get it. You you're exploring your sexuality. Oh yeah, of course. These people that are that are repressing you, they get the blowjobs and whack off to the porn. And <laughs> like, is is anyone? It, it, yeah, okay, you all got it. Except for uh, felt like fucking real life to me, man. Yeah. It did. It did to me too. For the point, and we all grew up in fairly similar. Now you were a preacher's kid, and you, were, Aaron, you're a preacher's kid yeah. too, right? Yeah. So I, yeah, you guys had it more extreme for sure. But I think Chris and I all we went to church camp and stuff like that. I even went to like a specialized thing, like like these people did, uh, to prove that you were super holy. And I'm I'm still like, yeah, all right, dude, all right. We got it. <laughs> um, let's go on to first cow. No. Um, yeah. Now speak about we, you know, earlier on I was talking about nomad land and how it just wasn't my movie. It was slowly paced. Uh, not much going on. Great central performance in this, but man, first cow. I loved first cow. <laughs> I love this movie to pieces, man. Um, I, like I think a lot of, I think a lot of times people, when people brought up Kelly Reinhardt, uh, I was like, oh yeah, the director of Old Joy, which is about as slow as it gets. Um, I was, I was like, okay, so that's the type of movie that we're going to see. But man, uh, I love how uh, this begins. I love how it ends, especially. Um, but I just love the fact that there is this, this friendship that's, uh, that, uh, evolves and that, you know, it's all about, you know, stealing milk from a rich guy's cow and then making un- unbelievable desserts out of it. And it's something just tremendously enjoyable to watch. I, I, I can't explain it. It's why is this movie to me way more enjoyable than Nomadland? Um, I th- I think for me I just wanted to be there. I just I it, it was it was so beautiful and the relationships were so uh I I love um the Cookie uh, King relationship um and I love those performances and I just as slow as it was which it was I just I wanted to be there so I wasn't in a hurry to get anywhere else. Um, Cookie King is a lot better than Dairy Queen by the way. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's just, it takes, I mean, honestly, you could do like a whole film festival on 2020 movies about the American dream. You could throw Minari in there and you could throw First mm-hmm. Cow in there quite easily. It's a very, very simplistic version of the American dream. They both have big plans, not a lot of means, um, but the hope of that future is what keeps them going and what they bond over and become friends. And then that that duality of the opening and closing shot, I think, is just... Uh, really powerful mm-hmm. and and i ironically uh, much like yes god yes it asks the question why buy the cow when you get the milk for free you know Hey-o. so <laughs> hey you've been dying to say that one <laughs> <laughs> all right so aaron dying. has been kicked off of the show i think i can do that um <laughs> i'm just going to remove him thank you aaron for your uh hey it's been nice it's been good guys it's been good um, all right, now we're going to go back to some of the more nitty gritty here, the uh, the uh, the Oscar contenders and and uh, uh, one night in Miami. Uh, Regina King's is this her debut? 
Is this sure movie? is. Think so. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, talk about this movie, guys. What did you think of it? Guys, this, this is one of my. Th- I love this movie so much. I think Regina King is for certain one to watch. I I think she's incredible with these performances. She knows exactly uh, how to uh, put them together in interesting uh, situations and bring out the the right angles to to th- that scene with uh, Leslie Odom Jr. Mm-hmm. And uh, Malcolm X. Uh, why am I forgetting his name? The actor, um, ben, uh, Kingsley Benadire. Yeah, Kingsley Benadire. Yeah. Those two together in that scene was some of the most compelling film I saw all year. I just mm. like listening to them talk about what it means to be a person of color, where that responsibility lies. Uh, I just I could I could have watched that for five hours. Um, mm-hmm. I just I, I loved it. Um, there's there's a million things to love about this. You're absolutely right. The fact that they humanize Malcolm X in almost a way that that you didn't even see from the Denzel performance. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, he's charming, he's funny, he's human, uh, but yet he's still faithful. He's still the guy that you think he is. When he goes off to call someone, you're like, oh, is he calling a mistress? Is he calling somebody, you know, untoward or something like that? No, he's calling his wife. He's calling mm-hmm. his kids to check in, and that humanizes him. The guy that's playing Ali, um, Eli Gorey, uh, having spent a lot of time in Louisville and seeing a lot of archival Ali footage, there's a mannerism that he speaks in which, I know I'm comparing biopics, that even Will Smith didn't get. Uh, that the, the way he pronounces his his vowels, uh, that's Southern, but not real. It's West Louisville Southern. And he nails it. He absolutely nails it. What I don't like about this movie is the setting. It's fictionalized, obviously. Uh, but it's ridiculous to me to think that he's coming off of knocking out Sonny Liston and he's going to chill in this motel room with <laughs> three other dudes with ice cream for like, I don't know, four hours or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, but get past that everything about this is is gold yeah um it, yeah it keeps it i don't know i guess that's where they want they want it to be intimate right they don't want it to be one of these sort of sprawling uh all over the city thing but when you say one night in miami that's what it seems like right it's like they're gonna be in miami hanging out in a whole bunch of places not this is more one night in some uh, motel lodge that you could be in anywhere one night stays in. Yeah, it is a weird title. It's the kind of title if you didn't know anything about it, you you might think really wrong ideas about yeah. where this movie mm-hmm. is going to go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's still on my list of shame from 2020. I haven't seen it, but it's uh, at the, t- the very top of my list. So. Ooh, Jeremy, you should watch this just to hear Leslie Odom Jr. sing a uh, song. It's probably uh, his presence is one of the most exciting things about the movie for me. The uh, it, it's one night, but the. There's one flashback where Malcolm X is is telling them about a performance that he saw of Sam Cooke in Boston, and it is dynamite. <laughs> it, it will give you chills. Um, oh, I can't wait. <clears throat> yeah. The uh, the other thing I wanted to mention about this is it is also based on a stage play, um, and so again, the singular location makes sense for that kind of idea. But what I love that Regina did to open it up is each character gets this opening 
scene that says so much about them that's outside of this moment. Mm-hmm. And I thought those were really well done, uh, really set the stage for these people as human beings and to spend this time with them. I will also mention Kemp Powers, who wrote this, uh, also directed, was co-director of Soul. So what a year for mm-hmm. Kemp Powers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, I just, I, yeah, I could go on about this one. This is, this is, this is my jam. Uh, then uh, The Five Bloods, uh, Spike Lee's movie that came out uh, on Netflix um uh about uh a a bunch of vietnam vets who go back to vietnam to try to find gold that they buried when they were out there and everything and once again delroy lindo man should have been nominated for this movie this was the performance that everybody in the world was like oh he's a shoe-in he's gonna win (laughs) this thing that's how good he is and he doesn't even get nominated yeah yeah uh this movie itself didn't really get nominated much i think it got one nomination uh for its score uh and i think that was it this movie is so much better than that now there there are things about this movie that i could you know nitpick and and Mm -hmm. talk about as far as things i didn't like but but man bozeman's in this one too uh doing good work and these guys together are so great to watch there's a camaraderie here that is so interesting and fun and Spike Lee is is doing uh, something different with a, a male lead of color that I don't know I, I've really seen, uh, you mm-hmm. know, kind of wrestling with uh, what it means to be a, a quote unquote conservative or I mean, he even wears the MAGA hat, yeah. right? Like, I mean, yeah. so that is definitely part of what's going on here. And and I know uh, Delroy talked about how at first he he almost didn't take the part because of mm-hmm. that part of it. And he and Spike kind of went through that and talked about what it means and and where it was going. And I think this movie's doing some really interesting things. And it's just it's just an interesting story too. It's very Treasure of Sierra Madre. That was definitely intentional, mm-hmm. um, but but it works. I think. Yeah, I, uh, I I I I I had a little bit of a problem with the juxtaposition of the treasure hunt and the Vietnam sure. stuff. Yes. Uh, I, I felt like there were two different movies in here that if Spike Lee had decided to go, he could have made two movies. He could have made the Vietnam version of this and then the treasure hunter version of this. And they, mm-hmm. and, and they would have been two stellar movies on their own, but put together, I was like, just when you're getting excited about the treasure stuff, and he goes to the Vietnam stuff. And then mm-hmm. you get, oh, the Vietnam stuff's pretty interesting. And then we're going back to the treasure stuff. Yeah. So like it, it, uh, it's a movie that I definitely need to see again, because I think it's one of those when you have the initial shock of that uh, it's, 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 you know, it, it's hard to get through, but when you watch it again, it won't be that big of a deal. So I need to watch that again at some point. Yeah. Um, let me go down to, um, never rarely, sometimes always. Hmm. Uh, Mm. I know that Jeremy, uh, has, has touted this movie. Now I really liked this but I didn't like it as much as Jeremy. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you the floor on this one, which is fair. Uh, fair to say um, it did. It is one of those movies that I feel like uh, my frame of mind when I watched it is part of what bonded me to it. Um, I can't get over the guts of this director to cast an unknown musician from Canada who's never acted before in a role mm-hmm where she has to absolutely carry the film and the key scene in the film emotionally. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you know. I'm, I'm in awe of 
that ability to judge talent. I don't know how you know. And maybe mm-hmm. she didn't. Maybe she just got really fucking lucky. But the the the, the other gal in this, uh, Talia, I think is her name. She's acted before. She's relatively new to the scene, but she's not an unknown. Um, and you know, the movie just rests on the main character's facial expressions, and she doesn't make a lot of big ones. They're small. They're very subtle shifts, mm-hmm. uh, particularly that key scene where the doctor is asking her a series of questions and the answer needs to be never, rarely, sometimes, or always. Mm-hmm. And as the questions get sensitive, you can see just these tiny little micro changes in her facial expression that to me betray a lot of pain um, yeah. and uncertainty. Um, and what's fascinating to me is... Um, a movie like Cider House Rules, when that movie came out, it was very hard for me to connect to it because it felt like the movie started with, I'm going to make a movie that tells you why abortions are okay. Mm-hmm. And you could probably make that argument about this movie too. This movie is very definitely dealing with the the, the concept of abortion um, and how impossible it is for people in some conservative areas to get access to even information, let alone care. Um, she has to go from Pennsylvania to New York city, uh, to get this procedure done. I also love how once she does get out of her own area, I love how compassionate the, the doctors and, and people she meets are, because uh, the woman even asking her the questions, because she says, why are you asking me this? Why are you asking if my boyfriend hits me? And she's like, because I want you to be safe. I want to know you're mm-hmm. okay. Um, and so the movie really does contrast that. Uh, and I think it's 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 obviously still a hot button issue uh, in the U.S. Uh, and I'm not really trying to even tout the movie because it's dealing with abortion. That's how powerful I found the main performance to be. Uh, and how human I found her to be. And uh, yeah. it's just a, it's, it's a sweet, sweet spot for me. I've probably seen it four times now. Seriously. Uh, and each time I'm more amazed. At, at, I can't even fathom casting somebody who's never acted and, and just being confident she's going to nail this shit. And she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she absolutely did. I don't even know if she oh, wants yeah. to act anymore. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, no I love doubt. it. No doubt. She's terrific. And I, and I was totally on board uh liking this as much as you were until after the never sometimes rarely always scene where i felt like there was no stakes involved in any of the 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 things that they got into because this is a this is a harrowing will she be able to even get this done uh uh kind of movie and after that there's like all these things that the movie throws in as obstacles, but they aren't really, they're just kind of, mm. they're just kind of there to make you worry a little bit. And then, and then they're nothing. Uh, that was mm. the only thing that, that knocked this down a little bit, but I agree with you. This is a powerhouse performance from her. And this is a movie that you definitely want to, you definitely want to see. It's definitely a, yeah. a, a really I, good movie. For sure. I can totally see why you would say that. I have no beef with that take uh, whatsoever. For me, at the end, what I at least feel like they're trying to go for, and maybe I'm just making excuses, um, is that it's a, it's a two day procedure, so she can't mm-hmm. even she can't even fucking get it done and go home. She has to get it done and find a way to kill 16 hours riding the subway and bowling with the creepy guy. Uh, yeah. And then they don't have the money to get home. Um, 
and so I, f- I feel like it, it was at that point the director was basically saying even when you can get to care it's still it's still an ordeal it's still really really tough and you know as a man you know i don't i I feel like I needed this movie in my life to better understand yeah, some things. For sure. Uh, I want to talk a little bit now. I think I have about two or three more like really run down, like really deep movies. And then we'll run down. Okay. Um, uh, Miss Juneteenth was a movie that uh, Barrett and I got to see uh, 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 over the summer, I believe. And we got and to Aaron. talk to the, uh, well, did it, did, were you, were you also a part of that uh, I was. interview? I, was. I don't even remember you being part of that interview. I'm sorry. Well, I'm kind of a dick. Good to know. <laughs> no, I'm it's fine. It's, it's totally um, fine. No. Uh, so, yeah, all of us got to see that during that time. And we got to talk to Channing Godfrey Pe- Peoples, the director of this movie. And uh, this was this was one of the best uh, experiences we had with uh, a screening and then an interview and everything. Um, uh you know it was just this is a really good this is just a really good movie and it's um uh it's about this uh this beauty contest that is that centers around the juneteenth holiday and everything uh and it's about a woman who has won in the past and has a daughter who's about that age now who she wants to uh go through the contest and everything it's really just a slice of life uh thing with her and her daughter and it's just oh, it's so good. It's just a, it, another one of these movies with the ending scene uh, is one of my favorite of the year. One of the last shots of the year is great. Um, yeah, and it's another one that's that's likely to go under the radar for a lot of people and just to be missed. And so, yeah, full full throated recommendation. Uh, not to let it fly by you if you have a chance to check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, another one in the Oscars is another round, which. Uh, um the it got a director nomination sure it did almost nothing else uh which is really strange um now i was i was a little hesitant to watch another round at first because i thought oh this is just going to be another a movie about a person dealing with alcoholism and it and it's just you know and it's and it's just going to be the same thing that we always see with these movies it has nothing to do with that really. Although there is alcoholism in the movie. Um, but it's about a bunch of teachers who are, they've discovered a, uh, a, a philosophy that, uh, so that somebody wants to live around. Like we, we don't have enough alcohol in us to start the day. Like a 0.05 is like the good is a good amount to have. And you can do the things that you're supposed to do at a better level at 0.5 or whatever, or 0.05. Um, and so they do this experiment of teaching their classes while being 0.05 drunk, essentially. Um, of course, some of them go a little bit too far and they, and, and everything, but Mads Mickelson, man, th- th- this guy's so good. He's so He's good. incredible in this. This you talk about great final scenes. Uh, this is another yes. one that I'm just like. This is in the 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 running for best final scene of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I I will put it this way. Uh, I tasted my first alcohol accidentally on our honeymoon uh, when they accidentally <laughs> didn't send us the uh, the whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. and they accidentally they accidentally set us ac- uh, actual champagne. I didn't purposefully uh, drink any alcohol till probably within the last few years. Um, 
and, you know, tried wine, some different things. But um, my relationship to alcohol has been, I don't get it. I don't understand why that's something that people enjoy. People would want to do. There's a bitterness to the taste. Like, what is this? Mm -hmm. This movie for the first time in my life made me understand why people like alcohol. Like mm -hmm. what, what it is about it that is joyful, interesting, uh, add something to, to their life. Um, does, you know, does mean all of a sudden we have alcohol in our house? No, but it, it does help me, you know, this, this movie covers the idea of alcohol in every aspect. And I'd never seen that in a movie, uh, before, mm -hmm. um, I'd seen the, the, the crazy rambunctious drunkenness of it. You know, that's in a bunch of movies. I'd seen the, uh, danger of it for, of alcoholism, like you mentioned, and what if it controls your life and addiction and those kind of things. I had never seen just the the more idea of uh, that alcohol is this thing that at a low level adds uh, takes an edge off of, you know, whatever experience. I, I don't even know how to explain it other than when I watched this movie, I was like, oh, I see. I, mm -hmm. I get I get it. And I think that's pretty cool. That's a, it's a pretty amazing thing to do in a movie. Um, so I would highly recommend another round. Um, yeah, another round. Is reasons. Another round is really, really good. I, 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 I was a little bit thrown off by the title and a little bit of the whatever description of it. Then mm -hmm. I watched it and I was, man, I really loved this. I'm surprised it only got two nominations and one was <laughs> director out of all. It's of such a weird director nom, but yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, now we're gonna start the rundown and then we're gonna vote. Um, all right. I talked about my octopus, uh, my octopus teacher on the last podcast. Definitely go see that movie. It's on Netflix. It is incredible. Great documentary. You must watch it. You've never seen anything like it. Um, Greyhound, which was uh, released on uh, Apple Plus. Uh, Tom Hanks, uh, uh, Ocean, uh, Ocean, uh, what do you, what, uh, <laughs> Battleship. Submarining uh, a bunch of battleships through uh, yeah. the part of the, the part of the ocean where they couldn't be covered by air support. Yes. Um, and I, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it's it's actually my favorite Tom Hanks performance of the year, even though most people are talking about News of the World. Mine too, and uh, Greyhound is really really good, and it was probably my number one movie for a while until like the deluge of movies that came mm -hmm. out. Um, Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> uh, Can I just say, just to make this quick, I don't know if I'm the only one that really liked this movie. I, I really enjoyed I liked it. it. I, I, like I think it. I think this is going to be one of those that people look back on and go, how did we all not think this was the funniest movie? Like, I just think people are maybe a little tired of Will Ferrell. Uh, mm -hmm. and, but, man, this movie's really funny. Really it funny. Is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, uh, it uh, reaffirmed my love of Rachel McAdams is what it is. Yes, did. that too. Um, Bad Education, which was an HBO movie. Uh, Hugh Jackman, uh, Allison Janney uh about uh trying to uh inflate uh scores to get money and then stealing the money out of the uh out of the uh school's um you know whatever budget and everything uh to uh live extravagant lifestyles um anything else that we need to say about bad education we've talked about it quite a bit jeremy yeah. you were the one that wanted to talk about this one was there something i just you thought to... it needed to be on the list is all yeah uh, there are really good performances here i still think it would be better as a limited series than a film uh mm -hmm. to give us more time um but everyone's fantastic in this movie uh acting wise and it's well worth a watch yeah uh kajillionaire which barrett may have accurately said was one of the weirdest movies he's ever seen it sure is Evan man. rachel wood is great in it though even though she's part of that weirdness 
uh maybe most part of that weirdness actually because her performance is so unique and so something that you haven't seen really um but um yeah uh it's it's uh that's a sad and then funny and then sad uh <laughs> you don't re- it pulls you in all sorts of directions um nice to see deborah uh, winger again yeah Ooh. definitely yeah deborah winger and, and of course i mean uh, uh richard, richard jenkins, jenkins is always yeah. great uh the king of staten island uh judd apatow's um uh, movie that came out uh, i guess it was mainly on vod uh i unexpectedly kind of love this movie oh yeah <laughs> it's too different it's too it's it's very judd apatow and the, it's too long and mm-hmm. it's two different movies and <clears throat> the whole thing the whole uh drug dealer friend thing storyline didn't even need to be in there uh mm-hmm. for this movie to be poignant but bill burr is great marissa tomei is great and I finally, 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 finally understand why people like Pete Davidson. Never, <laughs> ever got it before. I'm not even kidding. It is kind of funny, but I'm not even kidding. Sure. I, he never made me laugh on Saturday Night Live. I never got his humor. I never got his perspective until this movie. And um, he shows range and his humor, uh, especially when he's playing off of Bill Burr, is is phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh then there's Freaky. Freaky. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh Christopher Landon, uh another fun horror movie from him. Uh brutally violent, but it's also somehow funny at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um and uh uh I think Catherine Newton, she's she's going places, man. She's uh she's in a lot of stuff. She's gonna be in a lot of stuff uh by the time she's thirty. I think she's already on the way of having a hundred credits on her IMDB by the time she's like 30 to mid thirties, unless she takes mm. a break somewhere. And this, uh, this movie has my favorite cinematic kiss of the year. Bar yes. Nine. Yes, definitely. Um, uh, back which is a movie that comes out of left field. <laughs> um, it starts off. I actually didn't know anything about this movie coming in to watch it. Uh, I thought it was going to be your typical like city of God type of drama or whatever, but uh nope. But nope it's uh it's uh it's another the hunt basically uh uh except uh it's uh it's down in brazil and it's got a different uh conspiratorial nature to it and it's a little it's a fun movie it's a fun movie i liked it it's you weird know, it's weird <laughs> it kind of came uh, out of nowhere it had one of those moments on letterbox where everybody's like you gotta see it and so i think it yeah. got a little buzz uh an american pickle seth rogan plays two different roles in that that movie that movie's not good, but it has some funny moments. It's got some moments, right? It really it's does. It's got some great right. moments in it. Uh, um, the uh, the the part that I always keeps going through my mind is how the scientist tells all the people like how he was able to be in this pickle brine for a hundred years, <laughs> and and uh, and and then the movie immediately goes to narration, and it's like the scientist what he said was was good and nobody nobody questioned yeah. it and then- <laughs> completely covered everything and nobody questioned it ever again <laughs> so good um and nola holmes millie bobby brown's another one that's just going to be a dynamo uh at some point she i mean that she is a great actress and then this movie is she's so charming and mm-hmm. uh uh enola holmes is 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 entirely 
uh, it uh, entirely rides on her performance, and she is just fantastic in it. So if you haven't seen Enola Holmes, Enola Holmes is great. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I mentioned the I, I put on this list uh, the rental mainly because we got to uh, interview Sheila Vand uh, mm-hmm. uh, when we when we did this. Uh, but, uh, I thought the rental was pretty good. Uh, independent horror movie, Dave Franco, uh, directed, uh, has Alison Brie in it as well. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, it, I, it, it's, it's, it's a typical horror movie, but I thought it, I thought it was pretty good. Um, small acts mangrove. Now there's five different small axes on, uh, Amazon. Uh, this is the first one. And, uh, God, this is a great one. This is great. This is another. Um, this is this is the primary example of earlier when I was saying uh, Trial of Chicago Seven just kind of got a little shallower over the year. This was one I watched and went, "Oh, like you know." There's, I was about it's to doing, say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I was about to say, like this is this this movie like sort of just trounces that movie to me. Um, uh, I I I love th- I love this. This isn't it, it also. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's it's something you should go. You guys should watch if you haven't heard of the Small Axe series. It's five movies from Steve McQueen, uh, uh, all covering different uh, racial injustices and everything. Um, hashtag Alive. We talked about this on the last podcast. Uh, uh, Korean zombie movie, uh, very well done, very fun. Uh, the Painter and the Thief documentary about a painter who who makes two uh, great uh, paintings that get sold and then get stolen. And then at the trial, she starts talking to one of the thieves of those paintings and develops a friendship with this person. Um, and this person has a lot of different problems. He's got a drug addiction. He's got, he's um, uh, just a, he, just a lot of these kind of issues and she has her own problems and everything. Interesting movie. Uh, definitely, uh, to, um, uh, you know, you wouldn't, you would never think a painter would go and seek out their thief and develop a relationship and paint them and stuff. So this, this is a huge recommend in the scene where she presents the painting she's done of him to him for the first time is the, the most human emotion I, I saw in a film this year i i it, it's spectacular that it's worth it for that scene alone uh to seek mm-hmm. this out great documentary uh dick johnson is dead about a woman who follows her father around and she knows that he's going to die soon so he keeps she keeps putting him in these scenarios that are fake uh where he dies on screen and they're all like these you know he trips and falls and goes down a stairway and he you know like different things like that i'm not sure if i like this one too much I thought it was okay. It, it, it's interesting. Um, you know, she's definitely dealing with grief and loss and the idea of can you prepare for grief and loss? It also has a very interesting ending, depending mm-hmm. on, um, you know, how how much uh, you kind of predict what's going on may impact you differently. But, yeah. Right. Uh, Run, which is Sarah Paulson. And uh, um, I can't, the, 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 girl, the girl that plays her daughter is sort of a newcomer. I can't remember the name. Um, but run is, uh, is, I don't know if, is it a spoiler to say that Sarah Paulson is, is, uh, keeping her daughter, um, as the movie is presented. Yes. But also it's been a while and people probably, if they know of this movie, you know, know that about it. 
Um, yeah, it's so another yeah. movie where people are being held in a in a place <laughs> yeah. with a, uh, uh, against their will. Uh, uh, Kiera Allen good. is the Kiera Allen is the girl's name, and uh, she is a wheelchair user in mm-hmm. real life and in, in this movie. So, mm-hmm. yes. yeah, and uh, it was pre- it was pretty good. I would I would actually recommend watching this. Uh, Boy State, which was a great documentary uh, about uh, Texas uh, kids going to compete. Uh, as Republicans and Democrats in a big, huge, uh, like, um, I don't know, uh, conference like, of some sort. Yeah, politics camp in some politics ways. camp. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's, a, that's a really good, that's a big recommend for sure. Uh, the Old Guard, which is the Charlize Theron uh, action movie that came on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't a I big think fan of this either. The next one's Extraction. I think those two kind of go together for me. It's Netflix trying to do big, big budget stuff, and it, it was an interesting year to see them kind of take a shot at that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think The Old Guard is better than Extraction, but yeah. Um, yeah that, They're that, both better like than Six Underground. They are. There was that uh, one Possessor, too. which is, it's an interesting movie for a while for me, Possessor is. Um, yeah. This has Andrea Riseborough uh, as a as a killer who gets into other people's bodies to make make a a killing look like uh, something that's uh, like you know uh, it's not an assassination. It's somebody who's actually involved with a family or involved with uh, um, or or sometimes they're random people, uh, whatever. And I liked it to a point, and then I think it started uh, to go downhill for me mm-hmm. once there was uh, – I don't, I don't really want to get too deep into it, but th- it started going downhill for me. I, I, I thought it was okay. This um, is a this is a movie I need Barrett to see. I think uh, I think this is right up your alley in a lot of ways, but you may have that same experience of the movie kind of falling apart a little bit towards the end. But the concept I think you'll really dig. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wolf of Snow Snow Hollow. That movie's pretty nutty. The guy who directed it is the guy who's the star uh, in it. I can't remember his name right off the bat, but his performance is unhinged and weird. Uh, uh, and and then it's the only thing you're going to be able to concentrate on through this whole thing. But there is a this is a wolf movie. There's a werewolf movie uh, where um, you know he is the one who's like, there's no such fucking thing as werewolves. I know that I'm right and stop saying there's werewolves. <laughs> and, and, and so the, everybody's running along with the story that there's werewolves going on. This was a Josh child's recommendation. He's a big fan of Jim Cummings, the guy uh, who, oh, okay. who did this. So he recommended it to me. I checked it out. It's very independent. Although Robert Forster's in this Ricky Lindholm, yep. uh, Jimmy Tatro, uh, some of the names you might know, and it's, it's really quirky. So if you can get on board with the quirk, you, you may have a really good time. It's interesting. It's definitely interesting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Bill and Ted face the music. I hated this. I didn't think it was good at all. Uh, and it was it, got weirdly positive reviews too. And then mm-hmm. it just ended up being a lot of nothing really. I yeah, still see yeah. people like multiple times a day saying thank you to them for making a movie we desperately needed during the pandemic. And I think there may just be some mix of nostalgia with pandemic stress that for some people this paid off i haven't seen it but i doubt i would enjoy it i think those first two movies are hot garbage 
<laughs> I mean, it's again, it's a, it's exactly what we've had to deal with with movies that have a thirty year gap between the last time the movies came out, and uh, the the movies just aren't the same. Our society is not the same, and then they they should have just focused on their daughters. The daughters were the best part of this uh this movie I agree. samara weaving uh samara weaving was great in this and they should have just kept it with that and then have them play cameos or something they could have still kept the bill and ted name they just you know i mean mm-hmm. i didn't like this at all i'm thinking of ending things charlie kaufman's movie that i don't think anybody understood um, <laughs> uh, i kind of love this movie this movie has stayed you? with me yeah that's yeah. why i wanted to talk about it i i think and maybe it's also that i just recently watched oklahoma and yeah, there is okay. so much about this movie that is really kind of based in that character uh, whose uh, soliloquy he gives at the end and, and sings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just found once I connected to the idea of this as, uh, you know, a man who tried who tried to write his own fantasy of what his life, you know, was like, um, I, I, I connected to it differently and, and thought it worked. But um, mm-hmm. but it's weird, man. Is it Charlie Kaufman? Weird. Yeah, sure. man. Uh, I. I, I did not connect to this. Um, and now three more, and then we vote. Greenland, never, we, and these are, these are all you, Aaron. No, nobody has seen these. Greenland, uh, these, what about these, these are my, I really want to hear your all opinions on these, so I'm going to mention them to you, uh, all-stars. Uh, Greenland is, uh, a, it's like a throwback to old-school disaster movie that I wasn't expecting to like, and at the end of the day, uh, just kind of enjoyed. And I'm really curious as if I'm crazy. And so I like I want you know, like I want more people to watch it and and let me know. But I've heard some other positive uh, response to it. So I think you guys might like it. Relic is the horror movie of the year uh, yeah. that that for me as a non horror fan really nailed me. I was out on this movie for 70 percent at least of this movie. And then the way it handled its metaphor about dementia at the end just sucked me right in and then it was a totally different movie for me so i just thought i'd mention it uh relic is the name of that one and then let them all talk is probably one of the most oscar baity movies that netflix put out this year that got absolutely no oscar attention um but i think this one might sneak up on one of you guys like you may just catch it someday and just be like oh this is like a really interesting slow-paced fun story of a group of uh, older female friends taking a cruise like mm-hmm. in and they're all great performances and they're really interesting characters. So this is one I can see later in the year sneaking up on you guys like and just being like, oh, how did we never, you know, watch this one? So I wanted to mention mm-hmm. it to you. But um, that's mm-hmm. Meryl Streep and uh, Diane Weist. And hey, these kind of recommendations in the past have turned out to be things like blind spotting. So well, yeah, sneaking it lightly. Well, <clears throat> But this year, a lot of those uh, we actually covered uh, with because Chris went through like a lot of that list this yeah, year, did. which um, um, I really appreciated to hear his thoughts on all those. So, yeah. Cool. All right. So it's time to vote. And uh, what's what's our what's going to be our syncast my predictions ready here? Uh, <laughs> I'll go ahead and start, guys. My favorite movie of 2020 was Palm Springs. Mm. Good choice. That's definitely a good choice. I am mm. 0 for 1. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's freaky. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> Are you serious? No. 
Okay. Uh, I tell you what, the, the, the one that I'm going to watch the most, I know, is The Trial of the Chicago 7. I'm going to watch that shit over and over and over. I've already seen it three times. Probably the only movie from this year that I've seen three times. Uh, but first of all, it doesn't have a chance to win. So I'm going to uh, go with you know, my second choice, uh, which was very, very No, cool. no, 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 no. This phrase is how this works. Trial of Chicago 7 is your choice, and then we'll go to the second choice if we yeah, have we'll a figure it out. So. All right. It's the Mine doesn't have a chance to win either. <clears throat> <laughs> and I'll tell you right now, I don't think any of our first choices have a chance to win. <clears throat> mm-hmm. All right, Maybe. go ahead. I don't know. Maybe. Dicer? Uh, this may surpri- surprise some people. I'm going with One Night in Miami. Uh, <laughs> I, think <that> is, <laughs> I think that is my uh, favorite movie uh, of the year. So, Nice. Nice. I got three out of four, but one was me. And I'm going never, rarely, sometimes, always. Uh, no one is surprised by that. Okay. Um, and now the second place votes will make all the difference. What an interesting year. They may. Yeah. I don't know. I think the second place vote may not decide it. That would be uh, awesome. That would be awesome. Uh, uh, God, my second place one is going to be... Actually, we've done this so we've done this so many times now that I, I wasn't expecting to get to a second uh, <laughs> second movie. Um, but uh, I've got I've got a Jesus. <laughs> Do you want to go in reverse order as we pick the first round? Okay, sure. Uh, uh, Jeremy, that, that means just, you go first. That just fucks everything up, Dick. <laughs> um, Minari. Oh. Okay. Uh, Soul. My number two. <laughs> My second one is Promising Young Woman. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so we're naming all of the movies. <laughs> is anybody keeping up with this? I'm keeping, I'm keeping up with these, yes. Okay, okay. Um, uh, I think my... Oh, Jesus. I, I'm trying to remember <laughs> what I gave uh, Aaron that one time when he asked for my top five. I can look that yeah. up if you want. Look that but up that was and a, tell me what a, I had as my second. I, I will look that up, but that was that was a while ago. Um, freaky. I think it was freaky. It's I freaky. I think you're freaky, your and I like you a lot. <laughs> oh, ah, oh, ah. There's like three that I could I could put in there, and it's none of what you guys have said. So um, the more we the further we go, though, we almost guarantee that the fans are going to hate what we settle on. This is going to be a uh, when Harry met Sally all over again. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> Uh, you said for your number two in the list that you sent me, you had soul at number two. I had soul at two. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, All right. well, that's two vote, two second that place. Soul wins, soul. right? Yeah. Well, that's it kind of, does. Yeah. Based on that. There it is. I don't know. You can change know. your vote, we Chris, didn't... if you want. That was a long time ago. We so. didn't assign numbers to them. Um, I feel like I should go Minari, uh, number two. That's what you had at number uh, three. So. so I'm going to go with Minari on two, and I think Minari wins based on yes. that. Yes. Um, Yay. Um, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Minari. I think that's a great choice. I just don't think it's anything that anybody would expect to be uh, I think it works out of this. Yeah. But it definitely works for sure. I think um, it works. We all liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody's, nobody's like, fuck my movie. I hate Minari. So, you know, <laughs> right, it's not right, a Winnery right, Met right. Sally. 
Yeah, it is not that. So yeah, so Minari's are our, our 2020. Yay! Yay! Well, that was a long podcast. We'll just go right into the end of this. Uh, uh, thanks for thanks, Aaron, for coming on and no and, problem uh, giving us your opinions and knowledge and things and uh, and uh, uh, appreciate it very much. Um, it makes uh, makes our show so much better. Oh, thank you. Um, appreciate that. Yeah. Um. Uh, all right. Uh, keep going to Syncast presented by CinemaSense on Facebook. We're also on CinemaSense Twitter, Music Video Sense Twitter discord and soundcloud if you want to get on discord go to a facebook and private message me and i'll give you a link there um and uh, that's going to do it for this podcast it's chris atkinson barrett share jeremy scott and aaron dicer we'll see you next time thanks for listening comment on our episodes on our soundcloud page check us out on youtube twitter facebook and reddit and be sure to visit cinemasends.com I don't know. None of us have seen it. I, I think it's on Netflix. I just never got around to no, it. No, I'm just thinking about the general premise of it. Um, well, I mean, I wouldn't know since I don't <laughs> study on what <laughs> stuff is about. But oh, it's Dylan O'Brien. It's the fucking. It's the one Chris that uh, one of the directors was talking about. Oh no, Kevin was talking about. It's the uh, Zombieland knockoff. Oh, that's mm-hmm. right. That's right. How was that Oscar nominated? Visual effects. Uh, got a visual was Zombieland Oscar nominated for visual no. effects? I, I mean, I don't remember, but I don't think so. That's a what? guarantee. That is an yeah. absolute guarantee. That is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Are you serious? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I'm comfortable <laughs> just, with that. Just from the sheer fact that just from the sheer I started fact this that, off on the wrong foot. Just from the sheer fact that there are so many people who have said, uh like i always hear your voice when i'm watching movies that alone would tell you that that (laughs) yeah they they play the ding noise when they're done like it's like yeah yeah, it's it's a whole thing they have a bell yeah oh yeah yeah sometimes they reverse us in it's pretty sometimes sometimes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what'd you say reverse us yeah Mm -hmm. yep oh yeah yeah it's the sound it makes do you yep. ever get annoyed when it's like your fourth time of the day and somebody's masturbating about you? It's yeah, just like, exactly. <laughs> Try to work I here. Like, I feel like Matthew McConaughey and Wolf of Wall Street. You jerk <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, two or three times a week. Now you got to jack that up to twice a day. <laughs> Speaking of McConaughey, I was watching Contact just before we got on. Nice. And uh, there's some. There's a part in there. I don't think we send this. But there's a part in there. I, 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 it's so silly that I feel like we had to have done it. But like when <laughs> John Hurt makes his first real appearance in that movie, and he shows Airway all the, you know, he's like, he's like, I found the, I found the, the, um, the 3D drawing or whatever. He's like, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like, and so it's like these three drawings that apparently a whole bunch of really smart fucking people have been looking <laughs> not at. Thinking like a vegan. <laughs> and and there's like a, a thing that's common to every one of them that 
it ends up being the thing that he puts together to make it 3D and everything. And I'm like, and, you know, like they they put the thing together to make it 3D, and she's like, of course. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see how like he puts all the different pages together and everything. It's like they don't line up into a circle, and it's like they're not thinking like a vegan. And then he yeah. does that whole thing. And you're like. Dude, not only should you be thinking three dimensionally, you should be thinking four dimensionally. Yeah, at this point. exactly. I mean, it, the, the whole is thing wrong. is written so that John Hurt can have an appearance, and I understand that. But like, God, it's so simple. It's so ridiculous. There's like, like the most the smartest people in the world are looking at this. <laughs> I tell you what, McConaughey is terrible in that movie. He's terrible in that movie. Yeah. He's like Ellie. Eddie, I'm, I'm a man of the cloth. Without yeah, the cloth. Without the cloth. Uh, without the cloth. Yeah. And, I can't. And, I can't in good conscience. Yeah. Let that's, anyone that's go up there who doesn't believe in God. That's the. That's the part that like hurts the most. Watching that movie. <laughs> just that. That whole thing. <sighs> I don't know, man. Feels feels like how it would happen. And no, there, that's the thing about Contact is that everything in that movie would happen. Absolutely. Everything. Absolutely everything. It's just yeah. hearing McConaughey go through all that nonsense when he's like he's a little bit smarter than the average bear. You know? Carl Sagan may have been a mutant man or like an alien himself. It's like he mm-hmm. predicted and, and just like Neil deGrasse Tyson is is a genius, obviously. But I think Sagan was even like well, pardon the pun, light years ahead of him. The more the more I I I hear about Neil deGrasse Tyson. It's the more it, it feels like he is one of the best like TV ready scientists. Yeah. 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 Whereas but, there yeah. are a lot of other scientists who are far beyond what he is. He's a, uh, uh, you know, I don't know about his, you know, total intelligence level, but what his strength is, is taking really complex concepts and, and explaining them in entertaining, simple ways um, and uh, that's what I think you mean by TV ready, right? He's the mm-hmm. guy who can write a book like uh, whatever it's called, The Galaxy for Morons or whatever he calls it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> for people with no time. Yeah, and, uh, and that's what I appreciate most about him is that mm-hmm. – and I think Bill Nye is very much the same way. Um, there's, oh, yeah. there's an uber intelligence there that impresses me, but then the, the, the way they can break it down and just explain it to, to me – like I'm never gonna forget that Neil deGrasse Tyson show where he told me if you he told all of us, well, Chris, you you were there, that if you shrunk the world down to the size of a cue ball, it would be smoother than a cue ball. Mm. Yeah. I lost sleep over that. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like you know mountains are so fucking tall and right. Like, how is that possible? Uh, mm. But it, you know, I don't trust cue balls anymore either. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Don't trust him. Yeah. Oh, there could be something in those crevices I can't see or feel, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, get out of my boat. <clears throat> I'm looking at the ocean right now, so I'm, I'm I've got the uh, maritime analogies going. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Nice. You're rocking the boat. I do believe that 95% of all songs I ever wrote had water imagery uh, in the lyrics. It was sort really? of an obsession of mine. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Even uh, 
You may have noticed even one of my books uh, has uh, heavy mm-hmm. water imagery. <laughs> what, the uh, the second one? The, the second third one. The, <clears throat> Currents. the third one? Currents. Yeah, that's the one where he keeps dreaming and he's in a river. And Well, no, but yes, yes, obviously. But the second one, Strings has the one where they're in Lake Michigan, right? And they know. have to be teleported out? <laughs> I wrote it. I didn't memorize it. Um, um, well, they yes. Uh, yes, they are underwater. Yes, you're absolutely right. At the aquarium. I just Doesn't caught Doesn't Emma up. Lion, like zap them out of yep, the water? Yep, or yep. I just okay. caught up. You're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> so, yes, because there's that because there's that one thing, that's what he, you know, that's an obsession with water. <laughs> I thought that's what he was talking about. I don't know. <laughs> When's the most recent time any of you watched Guys and Dolls? It, like any time oh, recently? I've never seen I, it. I, I just watched it for the first time. Oh, my God. I just watched it for, for the first time. Did you carve um, out half a day? I was going to no, say, I, I mean, those movies are long, but, you know, the Brando singing thing was interesting enough to me. But that <laughs> that movie is like, man, there's a level of double entendre in that movie I was not ready for. Like oh, that yeah. whole kitty cat song. And like, <laughs> I was just like, whoa. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see what we're doing here. Like it's mm. like Pet Me Papa or whatever that it's song is. Horny. Like, it's yeah, yeah. it's yeah. very horny. But the horniest <laughs> one is how do you solve a problem like Maria? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sound of music. Yep, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's guys and no, dolls. It's in guys not and dolls. guys and guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is yeah. it in Batman Forever? Uh uh Jim Carrey's talking to Tommy Lee Jones and he's like, I want to kill him. And Jim Carrey's like, if you kill him. He won't learn nothing. <laughs> <laughs> what a pull. What a pull. Uh, Aaron's watching Guys and Dolls, and Barrett is watching Batman Forever. Uh, you know, I, I tell you what, I could have gone on for two more hours about Promising Young Woman. Me too, man. Let's do it now. God, Let's do it now. Let's talk more about Promising Young Woman. Uh, what did you think about the ooh, ending? Ooh, the ending. The ending was Now, it's what taking flack me. for... And and I I love how they set up that ending. So it's Emerald Fennell or Fennel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. She uh, she set up that ending by setting up that visit with Alfred Molina's character so perfectly. And you are not expecting that at all because you see the Connie yeah. Britton character and you're like, that's how things are. Yeah. And then this movie is all about sweeping your legs out from under you. Sure. At every turn, especially at the end, there's no way that ending is going to happen. There's no way that ending is going to happen. And yet, here we are, and yet yeah. it's still a happy ending? <laughs> so it's taking some flack for the ending, and it's it's an interesting thing that I wouldn't have thought of from my perspective, but I'm glad to hear others' perspective on it, um, especially from people of color who watch the movie and see the ending of oh the police are here to make it all right and just going really because oftentimes the police go with the patriarchy Look, the police go with the, you mentioned get out you know, man it's it's, it's yeah. the same thing with get out like oh the police right. are oh shit <laughs> but right but because except for this movie doesn't do the second part of that yeah, yeah, this movie yeah. makes it seem like that's the happy ending yeah. right yeah, like yeah. that everything's going to be okay now so and I wouldn't have thought of that. I don't know that that uh, impacted my experience, but I was I was really interested to hear other people talk about it and you know how that impacted how they felt I, about it. I do the movie. understand yeah. that because it's it's the uh it, it I think that's why that Alfred Merlina part is so important is yeah. to justify yeah. that. 
And from what I see from the uh, the director's tweets, Emerald uh, Fennell is yeah, I think it's Fennell. Um, she is absolutely just giddy about she's so she's having so much any fun, of man. any of these nominations. Yeah. Is she nominated for director? She is. I mean, God bless her. She has made just a crazy, crazy good film. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> ah, you guys are dicks. <laughs> All right. Get us back, so, Jonathan Phillip, and we'll give you something to cry a boot. A boot. <laughs> this is a boot diplomacy. But uh, uh, so, so did you hear the three kids that she has with Gavin Ross now? No, uh, no. So she's got. So, that, that, huh? so that's when I cut out, and you guys were all looking amused, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, these names were weird, right? <laughs> yeah." So you had Kingston, Kingston Rossdale, Zuma Nesta, Rock Rossdale, and Apollo Bowie Flynn Rossdale. What are the ones that people are going to be like, how did you not talk about? <laughs> yeah. There will always be. There will always be those. Really, I don't think there will be many this time, though. No, I don't think so. Unless all the uh, downhill fans come out of the woodwork. Oh, yeah, downhill. <laughs> God, uh, yeah.